This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt in the house. Your coach, your guide on the side. Also here with Jeffrey Simpson and Terry South. Giving you the tools, the information you need to grow a healthier, happier life. You're back. I'm back. And $200 uh, richer? $200 richer, but well-rested. Got a little uh, sun yesterday. Sat at the pool on my anniversary. See, my marriage has never been in better shape. Today we've got a great show. We'll be talking later in the show. We'll be doing a little marriage intervention. Apparently Terry's going through a crisis. It was a crisis at my home. Okay. Should have gone to the date night. Should have gone to the date night. Paul's awesome. saying I was there. You were there. And things are better than fun. ever. See, I'm telling you. Love. And I've, Love. I've cleared this with my wife. Okay. <laughs> she's This is exciting. She's not necessarily on board with how I'm characterizing this. Okay. But uh, we're going to take one of your issues. Yeah, we'll go forward. And run through it. Yeah. How perfect. Plus... Um, we'll get to, uh, today we're celebrating do a grouch a favor day. Mm. Hey, can you do a grouch a favor? That's like a, sounds like if you gave a mouse a cookie. Exactly. Can you give the mouse a cookie day? It's where you take the grump and your job is to, to help him, I guess, pull out of it. Hmm. Good luck with that. Yeah. Cause usually they don't enjoy people trying to help. Does this have anything to do with your marriage issue no. we will be addressing? No, mine the... actually has uh, research behind it. Okay. That shows that it's not just me. Okay, so it's a lot of people. Alarming information. Okay, that's exciting. We'll get into that. Plus, uh, Trump's um, press conference with Bibi Netanyahu, Biebs that he kept calling him, the Bibi. Um, plus, we'll be talking about the changing nature of America's irreligious. Are what there's because more and more people are not um, associating with a particular religion anymore. So what does that mean? We'll be talking with a researcher about that, and and it may not mean that they don't believe. It may just mean that they don't choose a religion, right? Or it may be that they're done. They're done believing because churches, institutions have let them down. But, it, but in doing that, it also breaks down kind of socially where. Where do you go for help? Where do you go yeah. for assistance? Where do you go for what happens to volunteerism? What happens right. to political the political world, which has been forever supported by religious organizations? So all that fun ahead. But first to the headlines with Terry. Terry, what's going on around the rest of the country? Fast food executive Andrew Putzer on Wednesday withdrew his nomination as Donald Trump's first labor secretary amid growing GOP concern that he would not garner enough votes for confirmation. After careful consideration and discussion with my family, I am withdrawing my nomination for Secretary of Labor, Putzer wrote in a statement. While I won't be serving in the administration, I fully support the president and his highly qualified team. Putzer did not specifically mention why he chose to withdraw, according to CNN. Some Republican senators, four of them, was the report I saw, possibly as many as 12, uh, were alarmed by a tape of Putzer's ex-wife telling Oprah Winfrey in 1990 about her husband's alleged domestic abuse. Oh, that, boy. that combined with him paying a a uh, a worker, a, like a, a maid, a housekeeper. She was not a citizen of the yeah, country. He illegal. paid her under the table for years. Didn't pay his taxes for year, on, on that for years later. To Wrong. Kind of fix it. So, <laughs> lots of issues. He's gone. They're going to bring somebody else in and give it another shot. Wow. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley and the panel's top Democrat, Dianne Feinstein, announced on Wednesday that they are going to jointly seek a briefing from the administration 
uh, officials about incidents that prompted the sudden resignation of Michael Flynn as the White House National Security Advisor this week. Uh, Grassley and Feinstein wrote in a letter, these reports raise substantial questions about the content and context of Mr. Flynn's discussions with the Russian officials, the conclusions reached by the Justice Department, and the actions it took in response, as well as the possible leaks of classified information by current and former government employees. Mm. So the Senate Judiciary Committee is looking at the fact of what did Flynn do what did the White House do? What did the White House know? What yeah. did the Justice Department yeah. know? And the leaks, mm-hmm. right? Now, two top House Republicans requested an investigation late Wednesday into the leaks of information that contributed to the ouster of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee Jason Chaffetz, and Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee Bob uh, Goodlatte. Yeah, yeah. I think it's his name. Yeah. Requested that the Department of Justice investigate the leaks over fears that intelligence agencies must be must more appropriately protect classified information. On Thursday morning, Trump tweeted his thanks to the GOP move and put a spotlight on, quote, the low-life leakers, adding they will be caught. The low-life leakers? we got a bunch of real dummies. <laughs> the, Gen- the Senate Judiciary Committee is looking at the whole situation. It looks like the House uh, is looking at the leakers. Not yeah. the fact that this guy was talking to, to another Russians. country. Right. But then yeah. it was interesting. Paul Ryan's response, that's his job as the NSA going in would be to talk to ambassadors from other countries. The real problem here is that he lied to the vice president of the United States. Right. But you not, don't lie to your superiors. Not to talk to them about what he was talking to them about right. before he actually had a job to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because you're undermining the sitting administration. Right, except Ryan said every administration coming in would have similar talks with similar yeah, but as he ambassadors, Flynn characterized it as coordinating future right. meetings, right. holiday wishes, not telling him, "Don't worry about what Obama just did. Right. We'll fix it when we get in office." Yeah, we'll fix it. No big deal. All right, and finally, what now, I was kind of disheartened by this. What Donald Trump will not be continuing Barack Obama's tradition of filling out an NCAA tournament bracket from the White House for ESPN. Hold on, that's great news for the last. I think it's like seven, eight years. I, I can't remember. He, Obama sitting there, he'd fill out the men's bracket. That was cool. And then in later years, he'd go over and fill out the women's bracket. They would constantly refer to that in the broadcast. The reason being, um, you kind of normalize the president that way. Yeah, right. Right? There's oh, all there's, kinds of people yeah. who fill out these brackets, who watch these broadcasts, and then they, oh, look, look what the president did. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a normal. person like us. You know, it's that yeah. kind of a thing. But anything that goes to try to make Trump a normal guy, they well, try to shy away from, it seems like. Well, he he, he yeah. is working on a bracket. Michael Flynn is out. Yeah. So yeah. now it goes on to the next yeah, round. Yeah, will find that. And Puzder's gone. Puzder. Yeah. Gone. Puzder? Putzer? Putz. Putz, yeah. Putzer. Putzer? It's a weird name. It's Puzder. See, I don't know that you can normalize the Don. Now, the problem is the segment was a natural for President Obama. He was a sure. basketball fan. Sure. Maybe that's not Trump's thing. Right. Not no. sure. But it just seemed like any sort of behavior, any sort of activity that way. Yeah. Is he going to do the Easter egg roll? Are oh, they going to no. have a Halloween party? He's They're going to do a, a rabbit hunt. He's more the, of a dog race lawn. kind of a guy. <laughs> Greyhound. They have a Greyhound track. The White House spokesman said Trump would be interested in working with ESPN on other opportunities in the future. He he loves football and Super Bowl. Well, sort of. He left like game was a blowout, so he walked out the door. He left at halftime. Did he really? He had to go somewhere. Well, he's he's a very very busy man. He had a 
people to tweet. He had a dining hall full of you know paying guests to hold national security meetings. In. Nothing looked more uncomfortable than the White House's uh, Super Bowl bash. Yeah, they're all wearing suits. Yeah, sitting in Mar-a-Lago and hmm. yeah. What well, Ryan's had his family there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so it's all Ryan's good. And the kids. It was good. You know, it, let me just tell you, because I basically – I did a speech in Vegas and then I was had Valentine's Day and my anniversary with my wife. Mm. And it was so beautiful to not read anything about the press or about Donald Trump. I suggest everyone try it. That's what Saturdays are for. Hmm. But like do it during the weekday. Oh, right. It was heaven. <laughs> it was so nice. Um, and then I, I just look up and the next thing I know, Flynn is gone. Flynn's gone. Yeah. <clears throat> gone. Right. And you going to be okay? I'm fine. He's kind of broken up a little, um, little emotional about it. But the neat thing is I was worried about the Middle East mm. because like, that thing could just fall apart. Well, and then I turn on the news again and Donald Trump's all over it. Yeah. Well, it does complicate issues when your national security advisor who has been key in setting up this meeting with Netanyahu and the, the, the he's talking to his counterparts over in Israel and he's then briefing the president and then trying to get everyone on the same page. And then you take that guy out of the entire situation. Yeah. What does that mean for Israel? Because they're not sure who they're talking to now. There's there's somebody filling the post, but it's not the same person that was there before. So it kind of made so, that kind of fun yesterday. So, you know, th- these are issues that have been going on for really probably millennia. Some of the issues of the Middle East. Well, this specific one, since the what the the whatever the UN was at the time right. wasn't the United Nations, but they they just decided to take some land and push some people out <laughs> right. and put some Move people in. Move the Palestinians out, bring the Jews back to their homeland. Right. So then it's back to a one state, two state solution, which is really a complicated question, right? Um, and so what we're going to do is let's let's listen to what our our good president Donald Trump um has had to say about the one state or two state solution with Israel clip number 5 uh, two state and one state and i like the one that both parties like <laughs> i'm very happy with the one that both parties like i can live with either Phoebe, one uh, i thought for a while the, the two state looked like it may be the easier of the two but honestly, if Bibi and if the Palestinians, if Israel and the Palestinians are are happy, I'm happy with the one they like the best. As far as the embassy moving to Jerusalem, uh, I'd love to see that happen. We're looking at it very, very strongly. Uh, we're looking at it uh, with uh, big time, great care. <laughs> we're looking at it big bigly, time, bigly, bigly, yeah. bigly. <laughs> so. As I was, I was talking before, before the show started, I saw on Twitter people were equating that answer to what restaurant do you want to go to? Yeah. Pizza toppings. Do you want pepperoni? Right. Do you like the works? Do you like a meat lover's? Ah, whichever. Yeah. Everything's great. Whichever you choose is fine. So, uh, and he, you need some more decisive answers than whichever you pick. You can't just say, you know, whichever they want. I mean, because... They don't agree. They don't agree. And some feel oppressed. Yes. And have feel like they have no choice. But, you know, Palestine used to have a country. Right. There used to be more of a, a standing. You, you, all the all the presidencies in the past that have tried, Bill Clinton tried. Oh, yeah. Both Bushes tried. Uh-huh. You know, Wrong. Obama was in there, but him and Netanyahu sort of oil and water at times. And so. if, as if that wasn't a curveball enough, like kind of a non-answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Because I'll, I'll take a lot either of one. Those nowadays. I'll take either one. Yeah. Then he threw in Trump threw in a real curveball to uh, Bibi Netanyahu when he was talking about settlements. As far as settlements, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. Uh, we'll uh, work something out, but I would like to see a deal be made. I think a deal will be made, and I think we're going to make a deal. It might be a bigger and better deal than people in this room even understand. That's a possibility. So let's see what we do. Let's start. BB. Doesn't sound too optimistic, but that's <laughs> says good negotiator. That's the art of the deal. There you go. And he pitches the book. But the fact that they're building settlements makes it more and more difficult to strike a deal. Yes. Right? Because every settlement that's created usually is moving more Palestinians out and more Jews into different places throughout Israel. They just keep taking more land from these people that have a little sliver of land if you actually look at what they have. So um, it is uh, interesting. One of the goals coming in from the Israeli side yeah. coming into the meeting was – to kind of avoid that discussion. Yeah. Make this a very sort of introductory. Don't do this. Uh, n- no substance right now. This is sort of a preliminary meeting. And Trump just does this right in and the press he plays, And he plays his hand so boldly um, that BB was left speechless. I don't think we have the clip, but uh, Trump was also asked about uh, some of the anti-Semitic uh, events that have happened. Uh-huh. That have kind of been spurned by kind of Trump's rhetoric. Mm-hmm. At and, least that's and his the way followers it looks. that maybe are anti-Israel, right? And and he talked about his electoral college win and the answer. And then I think Bibi even steps in and saves him. And so yeah. it's it's like Donald has a hard time for some reason. I think he I think he actually respects you know Israel and Jews. His son-in-law is. An well, active worshiping Jew, yeah, right? Yeah, brings and, that up, yeah. Yeah, except he never seems to back him up like with the Holocaust uh, letter no. for the celebration, whatever, the commemoration of the he, day of the Holocaust. He, as I read later on, all lives mattered the Holocaust, <laughs> right? That's not necessarily uh, the best political move. What do you do? <laughs> he's the president. And he's really having a hard time, too. It seems like nobody wants to work for him. There's some... Lots I mean, because well, there's a lot of positions that still need to be filled, and he's, you know, more and more like like press the, the press uh, court, press director, whatever the communications, yeah, communications director, director. That director. job they have a hard time filling. Nobody uh, wants, and especially because is he going to get in trouble now with the whole Russian thing? They're finding out more members. They of, reached out for someone for the uh, uh, national security advisor, Michael Flynn's position. Yeah. That person said, "Well, let me think about it." Because they're not sure that that person's a friend of Mattis. Interesting. Because right? everybody so. would want these positions. It's I mean, normally this, yeah. this used to be the great way to, you know, jumpstart a career. Totally. It's it's kind of like working on this show. Is it really? It's a lot like that. Wow. Yeah. I was unaware of that. Yeah. Well, what do you do? Well, you didn't want your current job for about three days there. No, I didn't. Next month, I won't want it for a few more. I mean, just because I love my job, but I'm finding out that if you don't if you don't take some vacation time, you you just die. It's not worth it. I think what it is is Trump's wearing me out. He's making me read a lot more about things I just really don't want to know about. Anywho, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, religious and religion attendance at, at uh, churches. Are people? Are people shying away? Are they fleeing from church? 
stick with us, folks. Uh, the, the numbers don't look so good, but we'll be talking with a researcher who's uh, been diving deep in them and looking uh, forward to the future of religion. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, so much going on and uh, so, really, little time to talk about it all. Uh, in a minute, we're, we're trying to get on a, a guest to talk to us about the, ch- the changing uh, nature of religion and people's belief in a, in a religious institution, their, their, their belief. Um, I mean, one of the problems that people are running into is just some of the scandals that have come out of churches – a lot of uh, people are turned off, too, by the support of churches and political parties. So now all of a sudden they're like, the Christian right? We don't want to be like them. It's, um, it really is a it's, – it's a, it's a crazy thing that's going on. And now as you sit back and, and listen to Donald Trump, President Trump, you wonder what is going on in D.C., I mean, some people don't want to go near him because they're afraid. Are more and more things going to come out about the Russians? Are we going to find out even more about Donald Trump and his his relationship with the Russians? Were his people actually talking more than Flynn? Were others talking from his campaign? It's crazy. Are, are you still holding on to the theory that he's going to pull off just a giant magic trick? Well, I and think, have a, sli- uh, a uh, sleight of hand while he's working on all this other stuff over here with the other hand? Well, I, th- I think that was my initial idea, that because he was pushing out so much stuff, it was creating confusion, and then he'd be able to get other stuff done. But now I think it's just all confusing. Hmm. I, think that, I think that is his plan. That's his style. His style is keep everything moving so quickly. You can threaten lawsuits, whatever. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. And then all of a sudden he'll make something happen. But I think now what's happening is he's created so much confusion that people have quit. I mean, who has one of their top advisors by like literally quit in the first hundred days? Uh, I thought he was fired. Well, fired in the first hundred days. Asked to resign. Hmm. And that never happens at that level with a major scandal tied to Russia. Have you seen all the, the hashtags, first days? hashtags, things that have lasted longer than Flynn? <laughs> it's like I've got, I'm pretty sure I've got some milk in the fridge that has lasted longer than Flynn. It's this big that's Trump great. hashtag or uh, Twitter hashtag that's just exploding. That's great. So there are three scandals. Okay. Right. So you got. Uh, Scandal update. Let's see here. Russia's alleged attempts to intervene in the election. That's still going, right? Right. right. Calls between ex-National Security Advisor Flynn and the Russian ambassador and rumored blackmail material Russia might have on Trump. Mm -hmm. Those are three different things that are still going on. Now, and if he – think about that. If Russia has information on Trump that could get him impeached, then then Trump's floating – and there was a report out earlier this week that some of that dossier information has been confirmed. Right. But n- none of the – None of the salacious stuff, yeah. just like your – None of the stuff Jeff brought up. Yeah. <laughs> what stuff? But, but even the stuff they confirmed, it's like he could still be kind of exposed that way. 
Yeah. You the, can't do that. What do you think about the, the focus by some on this idea of the leaks being the bigger issue? Well, I, I think the leaks are an issue. Yeah. I really do. Because, I mean, even Obama was talking about leaks. Right? Well, but this is – it kind of feels – I mean, it's, it's a bigger issue probably with Snowden at the moment. Yeah. But – And by the way, Snowden may be coming home. Well, yeah. He may be a bargaining chip. Says who? But uh, Putin, but uh, allegedly. Yeah. But uh, Snowden, after he released it, it's like there was a situation like, well, what he did led to us knowing just to the extent that the government is spying on the United States citizens. Right. Right. So, is so it was helpful. Well, it was helpful, but is it right? No. And that's yeah. kind of the issue. Well, this is part of the problem. Does the ends justify the means? But when all of a sudden your um, intelligence officials can – Bargain, because have you seen the movie Snowden? No, it's scary because all they do in this isn't all they do, but part of what he shows is to to really get leverage over somebody. When you have the the ability to get any information you want, all you need to do is gather any information that is either on the person or someone they're connected to that could be humiliating, discriminating, bad information. And then all of a sudden you can leverage anybody. Mm. And so if now our intelligence officials can take any information that they gather and can lever- leverage it against a Flynn, then you now have the intelligence officers that are leading the country instead of the politically elected leaders right. leading the country. So that to me is super scary and Trump also has a Russia problem. <laughs> So it's – I don't know that you can weigh one or the other, but the Republicans would say, no, don't worry about the Russia thing. Just worry about the intelligence thing. And the Dems are saying, no, 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 don't worry about the intelligence thing. Just worry about the Russia thing. Right. I mean many would say the intelligence thing and the information leaked about Hillary Clinton cost her an election. It may also cost Trump a presidency at this rate. Who knows? Speaking of that. Yeah. Here's uh, play this play clip six. This is Michael Flynn from the RNC convention. I have called on Hillary Clinton to drop out of the race. We do not need a reckless president who believes she is above the law. If I did a tenth, a tenth of what she did, I would be in jail today. Lock her up. That's right. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that was. Yeah. Pathetic. He, I don't know if he did a tenth, but he doesn't have a job. <laughs> no, he's out of a job. Again, I – because this was what was I thought was weird with what Paul Ryan said because Paul Ryan is the guy that usually doesn't stick his neck in anywhere that he knows he can't win politically. He's waiting to pass his tax reforms. So yeah. he's trying to stay on the sidelines a little bit. But he, he was very adamant that, again, the job of – the uh, national security advisor is to communicate with future ambassadors. So the incoming would communicate with future ambassadors. That wasn't necessarily the problem unless the data when they do the send the transcripts out shows that he was promising like quid pro quo stuff. Yeah. That was weird. But he said his big point was you can't lie to your leaders and like he did Vice President Pence and not expect to lose your job. Right. You can't. And uh, But then the problem ugh, comes that Trump, Trump was informed this at the first of the days, month. Right. 
And they the, just kept them around, even though it turned out to be a fireable offense. Well, in a weird way, it'll be that's what they're the big thing they want to find out is what when did Trump know what and what did he know? Because now some of his campaign employees were also communicating with Russians, but they don't know if they were just like you remember Paul Manafort. Right. Well, I mean, he also went bye bye very quickly. And the minute the Russian scandal surfaced back during the campaign, they he, couldn't get rid of Manafort. Manafort faster. had contacts in Ukraine where he had done some work and they just got rid of him because it looked bad. And now we're finding out that there there Is may there be more, more to, to it? it. Now, there's questions yesterday some uh uh what talk radio. It was uh brought up like what did Obama know? What did they know before the election? Yeah, should what Obama, was brought up? Ooh, How does you know so they're right. trying to drag him back into it. Well, I remember this clip from the debates. Where wow. Hillary Clinton went after Trump. Play clip uh, eight. The Russian government has engaged in espionage against Americans. This has come from the highest levels of the Russian government, clearly from Putin himself, in an effort, as 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed, to influence our election. I don't know Putin. He said nice things about me. If we got along well, that would be good. From everything I see, has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the United puppet, States. No puppet. And it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, that the, the Russians have engaged in cyber attacks against the United States of America, that you encouraged espionage against our people, that you are willing to spout the Putin line, sign up for his wish list break up NATO, do whatever he wants to do, and that you continue to get help from him because he has a very clear favorite. You're you're the espionage. You're the puppet. I'm not a puppet. You're a puppet. Your mom's a puppet. Now, the 17 agencies thing ended up not as being such a solid number but, as more came out of now, that. No, again, where's she getting that data? Yeah, hmm. this they, this was spoken about. This was, was talked about beforehand. You know beforehand. that came from Donna Brazil and CNN. Of course, because they were trading emails and everyone was coordinating the questions for the debates. But this – so what did President Obama know? And um, – And doesn't matter what he knew because he wanted to stay out of the election. He felt like if he did something, he would tip the balance. Right. So he was – he that was really why he was trying well, to stand Or back. he was feeding her other data Or he was like doing – yeah, I don't know. I mean, she had the. It sounds like she had the data, right? Looking at the events in hindsight, yeah, it was probably close. But you also wonder how much of Donald, how much of this was actually really premeditated, connected to Putin versus Donald just spewing. Yeah, and then Putin realizing, oh, this guy's going to be easy to play. Let's just play into this. Let's I mean, just play into it. Yeah, I, I don't know if because there is. I, I heard. I can't remember who was talking about it, but this sort of. Uh, way that Trump likes to move towards powerful people, mm-hmm. right? He likes people that are uh, wealthy. Yeah, he respects people who have wealth because they have been successful. They've done something right. Yeah, which is kind of what people are saying. Why he doesn't like Reince Priebus too much? Doesn't like Sean Spicer because they don't have money. They don't That's have money. the silliest thing I've ever heard. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you think of? Um, what do you think about uh, Bannon's? whole play lately he seems to be a little more quiet uh, yesterday there's reports that he was walking through the white house 
And there was a bunch of reporters who were coming out of a room or something, so they stood the side. Was he wearing his Dementor cape? Maybe, maybe. But he looked at them and he goes, ooh, the opposition. And then he walked into a room. I think he's being quiet because he doesn't want to give Rosie O'Donnell any material. That could possibly be it, too. Yeah, did you see that picture with her as of... So Bannon looks as if he has no desire to uh, normalize relations with any other group other than whoever he's working with for his goals moving forward. How long do you think this can continue? It seems like this is really unmanageable. There's too much chaos, too much going on. Yeah. It could be fixed, but you just said there's just too many people. This goes back to the original theory that Donald didn't want to do this anyway. He really – didn't want to be president, and now he's in the thick of it. Now he has to make it work. But how do you make it work when you also can't enlist or enroll anybody into your like on with, your team with experience that can try to right the ship? A little bit? It seems like you could go. Buy, you could go bring in some Bush people that know how to run things. Mm-hmm. And at least, you know, have them come work for you for a while. Right. But I'm going to bet nobody wants to do that. During the campaign, a lot of the uh, people who would have staffed a Republican presidential run sat out the cycle because they just didn't want to be involved because they knew even like communications wise, because like the whole time there was like two PR people running the Trump campaign. Yeah. Usually you have an army of people that run your communications. They just couldn't get people to work for him because of the chaotic nature of how he operates. Well, and uh, now Kellyanne Conway has been officially banned from Joe Scarborough's show, Joe in the Morning, whatever. Morning Joe, yeah. Yeah, you can't have that. <laughs> not She's not coming on. She lies. Can't have the liar. CNN had a fight with Kellyanne. Yep. I mean, is Kellyanne on her way out? I don't think so. I think they like what she does. I think they I sent you a video that kind of explains her tactics when she answers questions. Alternative facts. Yeah, exactly. Just to throw smoke up and the dust in the air and Yeah. And then just distract the interviewer to move on to something else. And just run out the clock. And she did it yesterday. The one of the I, I after watching that video, one of the tactics after Michael Flynn was to say that she was not in part of those meetings. Right, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a member of the. I'm the, not in the, the no. executive staff. I'm there to talk to the president, but I don't. I don't sit in on all the meetings, and that's a way for her to deflect questions. And then yeah. Morning Joe looked at it like, well, if you're not in the meetings, why are we talking to you? <laughs> you know, we're trying to talk with someone who's informed, and you're telling us you don't know. So okay, we'll find somebody else that may have better information. Jeez. So. <laughs> what uh, What do you think? So then, Donald Trump apparently, according to CNN, has invited. Um, Marco Rubio for dinner. Really? Maybe, gonna, they have, I don't know. Maybe he's plenty of bottled water on hand since he likes to tease him about that. Yeah, that's it. But maybe, maybe this is you know he's going to need Marco for something. I don't know. Marco's been uh, not not too uh, keen on the Trump uh, agenda going forward. There's some issues that he has with certain things that Trump would like to get accomplished. Maybe he's someone he wants on his side. Boy, and then he would have to. Uh, Go against – well, he, I, I guess he – didn't he endorse Trump by the end? Yeah, kind of like, all right. We'll just do this. Reluctantly. We'll take him. Ugh. It's kind of weighs you down after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. On a daily basis, you turn you, you turn on the – I, I hop on my computer, turn on the news, whichever, and you're just like, here we go again. Because it's just another story with more chaos. And again, 
But you know what is interesting about the whole Flynn thing that I'm really excited about is it it actually seems to make Trump's tweets less meaningful, right? Because there's a bigger story. It does. I mean, he still keeps talking. Are there? Is it true that there are some some groups that will not comment on his? Oh, it's Congress people, senators yeah. won't will not make any comments on his tweets. Yeah, we. I don't make. I don't comment on Donald Trump. I don't tweets. tell the yeah how to do his tweets. Paul Ryan hasn't commented. Mitch McConnell, they'll just try to stay out of it. Oh, because, is Mitch still alive? Yeah, Mitch is around occasionally. I haven't, I haven't heard much from yeah. Mitch lately. He tries to keep a low profile because it, I, it's not. It doesn't make any sense to go out and critique right. the president right, right now. For I mean, him. Yeah, what's it going to get you? Yeah, it just gets him to say something about you on Twitter. <laughs> They're all afraid. They're all afraid. So I guess we'll find out in the coming days. Were more Trump um, surrogates involved? From really the campaign on, he's also having a campaign event coming up. Yes, he's going to go to Orlando and have a uh, a like a campaign stop, like a rally. Rally. Does, now he knows the election's over. Yeah, he does. But he likes that format where he just stands there and just sort of talks, which is always awesome when it comes to sound bites. When hey, it comes buddy, to, welcome. Uh, contradictory statements to what his administration is trying to push. It's great. Crazy. He's going to be in an airport hangar just like he was running for president. Having the Air Force One fly over hand. He'll have his hat on. He'll play the Air Force One movie music. It'll be great. Super good. He'll do flybys with Air Force One. Hand everybody a little coaster from Air Force One. (laughs) Here, take a coaster. Crazy. We'll take a break, folks. When we come back, I think we'll be talking. um, We're going to do a little marriage work. We got we got a, a marriage we got a marriage to save here. You're not going to want to miss this, folks. Terry is going to open up about his marriage and just a little problem. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see and be the good in the world. Back, friends, the Matt Townsend Show. Doctor Matt here. Today we will be. Uh, you know, the doctor's been out for a few days, and when the doctor's away, Terry's marriage falls apart. It's there. There is a struggle happening. Okay, so let me in on what's going on between you and the missus. My wife and I. I, I this full disclosure. My wife knows all about this. I talked to her last night. I was going to do this. Okay, good, good, She's good. Not necessarily on board with how I'm framing this, but. Uh, <laughs> She knows it's happening. Yes. My wife is a Netflix cheater. What, what do you mean? She borrowing your neighbor's Netflix account? No, it's it's this idea that you sit down as a couple to watch a show. Yes. And then she has to uh, – she can't just leave it there until I'm available to watch this show that we agreed to watch together. Yeah, it's, you should only be watching it together. She but starts she's, watching ahead. She's watching it on the side. Yeah. And we – I, I missed out on Lost, right? The yeah. TV show Lost. Yeah. I was miss much. I was working nights. That's what I was told. But then people keep talking about it, so I thought, eh, let's watch Lost. 
that's something I know that we both could probably yeah, get into. Could enjoy no problem. It would be a bonding moment. I was working nights at the time when it was on, so I missed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Felt like I couldn't just jump in at the time. It was four or five seasons in or whatever it ran. So whatever. So we started watching. We got through the first season. Wow. Then I'm like, all right, great. Then some things ran in. We, my wife had a had a little girl. Yeah. Right. So she's she's kind of distracted that way. I'm taking care of other. You're things. busy. You've, you're taking care of the boy. Passing, as they say, ships in the night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I find passing out passing like an airplane on an island that crashed. Right. Then we find out. Nice. Then we find out she has watched the entire second season without me. Well, didn't she watch it with? Her friend Jerry. Well, she watched it. No, she watched it with the, you know, with a a little baby. But I mean, she just watched the whole thing. So she wasn't there. Stepped out on you. That's kind of the idea. And watched it as we were talking. All a lot of the language. Now I'm I'm going to tread lightly here, but the language of infidelity could be replaced with Netflix. Totally. As she is now, as you said, stepping out on me as she is watching more of this show. Now the problem is if we go back. Yeah. Does, like, okay, is she so, fake? Does she like pretend to watch it with you? She goes, well, if she pretends, she's already seen all the 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 the, twi- the plot twists and but all. She's all being the honest by telling you. But I know. But if I watch the show and look at her and go, "Wow, did you?" She be, oh, yeah, I saw that last week. Well, how are you watching this? So mm-hmm. here's she says we were in different places, <laughs> right? Because I was at work, she was home, yeah. so she was bored yeah. and watched it. Yeah. Right? She was lonely. Not a good excuse, right? No. I was bored. Right, she's up later at night, wants right. to fill the time, and then she tells me, "Let's start over. Let's act like it didn't happen, and just watch all the episodes that I oh, watched." Oh no, you can't! No, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I'm like, there has been a layer of trust that has been violated here. You weren't there for me. I had to walk in on my wife watching The Queen without me. The <gasps> Crown. The Crown. Yeah, I told I told my wife you stay away from the crown, and I listed like five other shows. Stay away. We watch those together. What's happening to the I women out now? There. A Netflix study says a new kind of cheating's on the rise. More of us are sneaking away from our partners to watch that thing we promised we'd wait to watch with them. Yeah, the phenomenon has tripled since 2013. Netflix says, according to the company's data, 48 percent of streaming couples in the U.S. include at least one partner who has cheated on the other. On Netflix. On Netflix, sorry. Netflix, yeah, 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 make yeah. this clear. Netflix cheating. And it isn't just an American pastime. It's happening around the world. Mexico and Brazil have the most cheater, Netflix cheaters, 80, or 58% and 57% respectively, while the Netherlands has the most faithful viewers with 73% of them remaining true to their partners. Wow. This is crazy. We, and it says we don't, uh, let's, say, let's say, of those who cheated, 80% said it was unplanned. But isn't it always? Well, yeah. I don't think you always just plan to go out and. So it's not an emotional. It's kind of a digital affair. You're having a digital affair. You can also catch them if you're browsing around and you notice because you watched such and such. Yes. How about these other shows that you can cheat on your spouse with? It goes on nearly two-thirds, 58% of cheaters in the U.S. admit they were unfaithful to their streaming partner due to a, quote, uncontrollable desire to find out what happens next. There's also a lot of, as it says, sorry, not sorry going on. Yeah, right, right. I'm sorry, but you really don't. Like my, right. wife, my wife goes, Deal I'm really it. sorry about that. I go, I don't believe you. Now, is, now, now she's like, it's been a couple of weeks. Let's just go back. We can watch these episodes. You at least your at least your wife is offering to rewatch them. My wife is watching The Man in the High Castle, mm-hmm. yeah. and she's just saying, oh, just jump in right now. 
Just want just start right yeah. now. No, it doesn't work. It's like they don't care. It says three and five said they would cheat more if they could be assured they wouldn't be caught. <laughs> and how folks are stepping out, mostly waiting until their partner falls asleep. Though some said sleep cheating shouldn't really count. That's why we keep having turkey for dinner. She's trying to put you to sleep. Yeah. So she can finish her series. See, it's this is this is actually just sounds And then it says forty percent of those polled in Hong Kong said they believe that watching ahead of your partner is worse than actually having an affair. No. It's okay, not. now that's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> Who said that? People in Hong, Hong Kong? Kong. Yeah, forty percent. No. So what do you think? Do you think this is a it's real an epidemic? Problem? It's an epidemic. But I think the other problem is that we actually think that we we should be able to watch shows together. Like that we have the same taste. I mean, well, in, in the, the case of me and is, my wife, we did. We had picked this show. We both went, yeah, let's watch that. Yeah. We kind of have the same taste when it comes to some shows. But there's other shows that, you know, you would never watch with her probably. Right. Like all my superhero shows. She doesn't care. Right. Yeah. So really, is this the only time this has ever happened? That I know of. She doesn't really broadcast when she's Netflix cheating on but me. But she was 100% honest with you, and she, she finally was. told you that she's been seeing another show Yes, without you. This is going to be one of those things that you're going to bring up 20 years down right. the line, right? Absolutely. Remember that time? Have you ever seen more energy from Terry on an issue with his wife? <sighs> Netflix. So, I think it's whatever is happening, Netflix. it's working. It's just, it's just frustrating. We, we, well, the other problem, she says, is that we're watching a show, and then it was like Saturday night, you know, we get up at early hours to get in here, and I'd fall asleep late at night on Saturday. Yeah, kept... The show's still on, and I'd want to go back and watch what I missed. Right. And she's like, oh, I've seen this. we got to move on. You can't fall asleep during yeah. the shows. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. See, so... That, so that's not cheating if you're falling asleep. But again, it's an excuse. Is it? Right? When we got married, we made some promises to one another. That we would be there for each other through thick and thin, through dark nights. Right. I'm willing to. Bl- I'm willing to bet you gave her carte blanche for Amazon Prime, though. Oh, you can go watch all those shows you want. Watch, no, she watch anything she, you want on she Amazon. Doesn't really care about Amazon Prime. Yeah. So. Okay, but here's I the, do. Here's the other thing. She maybe some of this has to do with the fact that she just had a child. Yeah. She always holds that over my head. She Give me a break. Her schedule was different. Yeah. She was up at weird hours. Mm-hmm. So just. Let it go. Just let it go? This was just a mistake. All right. She's it, She shouldn't have moved on with the show Lost without you. Right. She gets it. The problem is as we talked about it, she just went right into all this language that I – then I pointed out that you could really – and if this was like a the real affair conversation, yeah. all this works in the same way. And she went, oh my gosh. So she, yeah. she started realizing that she was making excuses. Yeah. She was – she was trying to justify it's not her you, behavior. It's me. So now she has to commit to never watching Lost again. No, she can watch it because I don't want to watch it now. Oh, I see. Now you're hurt. Yeah. So now Lost has become a division. It is now it's a dead dividing to me. point. Yeah. I will now watch what my shows, and she will, we'll pick up a couple as it goes on, but we can't go back. There is a, a <laughs> wound there that will never be healed. How symbolic that the show was Lost. Yeah, that too. Right. I mean, it could have been any show. Right. Could have been the Queen. Mm. It still the crown. could be, or the crown. Could yeah. be the crown. I'm sorry. Man, it's all right. I think I'll, I'll be able to make it. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck in your Netflix affair. We'll take a break. We'll be back, folks. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you sort out your marital blues. 
stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, you got to be careful. Marriage is difficult at all stages, isn't it? And um, so a little dating advice for all y'all from the different stages of marriage. Um, when we're talking about Terry's stage of, of it, they're not even, they're now at a stage where it's kind of like co-parenting now. She takes care of the baby. He takes care of the toddler. She it gets just, the TV from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. Terry gets it from 5 to midnight. Well, except the problem is they both are working, so they get home at 6 or whatever, and they've got from 6 to 10 to watch their shows. Actually, with Terry, because he falls asleep around 8.30. But they're watching in separate rooms now. Nah. <laughs> but one of them has to watch Prime, the other Netflix, because you can only have so many devices going at the That's same right. time. That's yeah. right. You can only, yeah. So you got one rule at, when you're at that stage— of marriage is you got to find time and energy to be together. My wife and I just went on a little three-day trip, and it changes your marriage. It's like we talked again. It's fantastic. It changes my job description, it too. It totally does. It makes you work really hard, doesn't it? Um, also, but with Terry, like, so you might want to make some rules about Netflix. Don't watch a show without me. Don't. But make time for it then. Like his wife kept saying, but we're in different places. We're in different. They really ought to come up with some kind of a security code that you can set on there so your spouse can't watch it without you. Yeah. She puts in the first two numbers. He puts in the second two. That's like monitoring the text messages. That's right. Don't, Don't be a Netflix cheater. Just love each other. Share the shows together. Talk about it. It really is pretty cool because it could create some really powerful conversations if you get the right show to watch as well. That's uh, the first hour of the program, my friend. Stick with us. We'll be back next hour. More ideas, more information to help you live longer, love stronger. This is The Matt Townsend Show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here with Terry South, Jeffrey Simpson. The gang is here. Today we are talking about social media and you know, does it signal an end to social grace? Should we just give up on being nice, being nice people, yeah. simply because we can now just tweet it? Apparently, Some people think so. <laughs> depends who you uh, who you've been following on Twitter, but that may very well be the case. We'll be speaking with a communication expert on the subject. Also today, we will be talking about uh, with Caitlin Thomas things that all humans do that we hate. Mm. There's just certain things that might be on your pet peeve list. Watching shows on Netflix that you're supposed to watch together. Chewing an apple, watching shows, having a Netflix kind of infidelity moment where they're watching stuff that you thought we were going to watch together. It just hurts. hurts. It's all right, man. This is good. See, this shows you that you love your wife before you wondered. (laughs) 
Now you know. Before I wondered, I'm not sure after 14 years. <sighs> you know what you need to do? You need to have uh, makeup binging. Mm. Oh, but see. You need that, to do a little makeup binging. Together, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That could be good. Terry's sad because they, he and his wife started watching the show Lost right. together, and then she kind of. Started watching ahead. She watched ahead as you were probably. Asleep. Just not paying attention to her. Yeah. Working. Mm. And she did this while she was home with the baby. Yes. After just having a baby. She was there for four months, I think. She had some of the baby blues. Yeah. There was definitely that. Used a little, you know, medication from Netflix. You know what you need to do? Just start uh, doing makeup binging to that show, uh, This Is Us. Like this Dr. Matt us. and his wife. Yeah. That's what we did. We watched This Is Us together. There you go. And then it started a lot of great conversations. What if we watch, uh, I don't know, a cartoon? No. No? Cartoons wouldn't work? No, cartoons don't work. There's a great one, Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah. McKenna That's, Bounce likes that show, apparently. Does McKenna, McKenna loves that it show. Takes, it takes wow. place between season uh, between the third movie and the, or the second movie and the third movie. Is your wife into that? No. There's okay. too much math now in Star Wars. Yeah. No, you just have to know the timeline. What you need is they need to put out an official timeline. They, they, there is. That people can put around their, like, you know, around their house so they always know where we're it. talking. So that's probably out. Okay, yeah. The problem know. is there's. it was so hard to find a show that we both were like, yeah, let's watch that. Well, and then you found one. She wants to find things that are, like, emotional, that – that maybe have an uplifting message to like it. Like the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, and you're like, ah, no. Really? <laughs> that, that's the one you picked? And I would like to, you know, maybe more action, suspense, <sighs> those types of shows. Maybe I love some, this music choice, maybe by Maybe some way. spaceships or something. Yeah, see, but maybe this is your wife quietly reaching yeah. out saying, mm. listen to my heart, Terry. <sighs> Put your silly little Star Wars stuff away. Quit hitting our kid with a lightsaber. Stuff like that. And instead, pay attention to me. My heart. Well, I do. It was a cry for help. Apparently you don't because she reached out to Netflix. Yeah, she did. And lost. Mm. Netflix was there for her. When you weren't. <laughs> I was at work. Excuses, excuses. Apparently. By the way, today is Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Even the ancient Greeks played features of a grump character. They had the archetype grump char- grumpy character, which is you. But you've yeah. now turned Terry into a softer, gentler not really spouse. I'm still a grump. Depends on the day. Sometimes I'm in a good mood. Other times it's just sort of like. Eh. I think this is good. I think this is going to turn out really good for your marriage because <laughs> you're now paying attention to your wife in a way you haven't, and she's not as lost. Hmm. Unlost. No, because she got she got a head start. Like halfway through the second season, we're like, ah, this really isn't that good. Oh, so she gave up on it. Yeah, she stopped. Is that what she said? Yeah. I just checked. To be or, sure. or, or she said she was confused by the storyline because they keep jumping around and people keep showing up on this deserted island somehow, even though there's no light. It's like there's a taxi service to the island that no one knows about. It's an Uber. It's yeah, an Uber. There's, there's an Uber boat that gets you there. <laughs> so. Well, we're glad we could help. We, we're, we're, we're glad we could help. Um, there's so much to, to talk about. 
You know, by the way, another thing we did uh, we do on my little vacation with my wife is mm. we watched um, Dance Moms. Wow. Why? Because that my wife likes that. Okay. Don't you just psychoanalyze people as you watch yeah, that show? Yeah, I hate the show. <laughs> like, what are you doing to that they little just, kid? They just fight a lot. Yeah. Well, if they're they on They dance cameras, it off. I wish they would dance more. Yeah. The moms, actually. Right. Just They should have a dance-off and just throw it down, but they just always are fighting. Drives me crazy. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about uh, today. Again, does social media end uh, the spell of social graces? Are we just no longer socially graceful because of social media? We'll get to that. Plus, we'll also um, be, of course, doing the headlines. And who better to walk us through the headlines than Terry South with uh, everything that's going on around the country? What's up, Terry? The Wall Street Journal reports that U.S. intelligence officials have withheld sensitive intelligence from President Donald Trump because they are concerned it could be leaked or compromised, according to current and former officials familiar with the matter. In some of these cases of withheld information, officials have decided not to show Mr. Trump the sources and methods that the intelligence agencies used to collect the information. The current and former officials said those sources and methods could include, for instance, the means that an agency uses to spy on a foreign government, and this is all because they feel like Trump's going to leak the secret to somebody at, say, some random uh, rally at a uh, airport right. hangar. Somewhere. So they're not telling Trump everything, but they're telling the press more other things, which is a Weird. problem. Okay. But Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, he's in Germany today. Mm. I think he's addressing a uh, group of NATO officials, and he's uh, talking about Russia. And how they need to act better on the world stage and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, him and Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly are reportedly going to Mexico next week to meet with officials. Mexico's foreign ministry said that the cabinet members will be in Mexico City on February 23rd. Relations between the U.S. and Mexico have been somewhat tense in the early weeks of the President Trump uh, Rex is administration. trying to fix a lot of things. Mexico's president canceled a trip to Washington, D.C. recently due to Trump's claims that the country would fund a long-promised border wall. And, of course, he says they won't. Uh, Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins said Wednesday she would vote against President Donald Trump's pick for the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt. Collins, who voted against the confirmation of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, and uh, according to sources indicated she was likely to vote against Pudser for labor before he withdrew on Wednesday. Uh, She is the first Republican to break ranks over Pruitt. The fact is Mr. Pruitt and I have fundamentally different views on the role and mission of the EPA, she said in a mm. statement. Now, uh, according to reports, there's no case, no, there's really no chance he's not going to make the vote. Right. But it doesn't help that she's stepping away because there's only a, a small number that they can, a small number of defectors they can uh, survive and right. keep the vote got, alive. Yeah. So. It's a tight it's a tight vote. So we'll see what happens. And finally, authorities say an American Eagle flight struck a deer while taking off from the Charlotte, North Carolina International Airport, forcing it to turn around. Ooh. The FAA said in a statement that the pilot of Flight 5320 to Gulfport, Mississippi, declared an emergency shortly before noon Wednesday. American Airlines spokesperson said the aircraft was leaking fuel as a result of the deer strike. Uh, TV stations showed damage to one of the right front wing flaps, and emergency personnel sprayed foam on the aircraft as a precaution. No injuries reported, well, except for the deer. Yeah, I bet that deer is, has a major headache. Right. In related news, fresh venison on the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> venison jerky. <laughs> That's horrible. Sorry, was that insensitive? Totally. Okay, sorry. Well, I feel bad for the deer now. Yeah, well. 
Don't burn. Hey, stay off the <laughs> stay off the, stay off the runway. Stay off the runway. You'll we can't fine. make it more clear than we've made it. Stay off the runway. Uh, do you remember Harambe? Yes. Isn't that a dance move? No. Oh, that's not yet, but soon. I think that's the Moringa. Is that, is hmm. that what it's called? Um, Harambe was the uh, the gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo. Do you remember? He dragged right. the child off, and then they thought. Uh, we probably need to let's save the kid. Let's save the kid. So they shot Harambe. Harambe, and then it created a world worldwide wide backlash. Backlash. You killed a gorilla. Yeah. Well, apparently somebody has bid nearly one hundred thousand dollars on eBay mm. for a Cheeto. Yes. That bears a resemblance to the gorilla Harambe. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a Cheeto. It's it a does Cheeto. look exactly like him. Well, it looks like a gorilla. Well, yeah, hanging no, on to a tree. Like, well, it looks like a Cheeto because they all come out in different shapes. But then when you say, hey, that looks like a gorilla, you're like, oh, okay. I okay, can see yeah. that. Yeah, sure. And it's hanging on to a tree or is it hanging on to a child? So I just poured a little bowl of Cheetos yesterday. I There was a split second where I thought I should probably sift through these first right. before yeah. I eat them. Really? Why? Just in case. Just in case. Because you might have $100,000 Just one. in case I find, like, the Donald Trump. I, I remember as a child sitting on my father's lap watching The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. With Johnny Carson. And what were you doing up so late? Because I just would like to watch shows with my dad late at night. <clears throat> it was different <laughs> when I was a kid. It wasn't yeah. cheating. And um, the people would show up to The Tonight Show with potato chips yeah, that right? looked like famous oh, people. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And he had a great segment where – because the lady was a little eccentric and then he – Pretended to eat one of them. And she went nuts. She yes. thought, did you just eat my, whatever, my Bing Crosby? Yeah. So, um, so apparently the seller says that he found the cheese snack in a bag of flaming Hot Cheetos. Ooh, of course. And then they put it up um, on the bidding block. It began at $11.99, $11.99. Huh. And ended early Tuesday morning with the winning bid at $99,900. Somebody paid a hundred well, grand. They bid. Well, they bid. Yeah, a hundred grand for this Cheeto. Huh? That's going to break during shipping. Seems unreasonable. Right. Right. Well, so the story actually reminds us um, of one of our new sponsors. Oh. We have a sponsor that for over 27 years, you know, Cheese Puffs have been providing customers with a taste of heaven in the form of little puffs of cheese that crunch when you bite into them and then sing when you swallow them as they go down your throat. They sing? Uh Uh-huh. And Cheese Puffs' newest product contains non-GMO milk from hand-massaged cows. Hand-massaged? These Uh puffs retail for a reasonable $1,000 per bag. And we have an ad for them. We have an ad for the Cheetos or for the the Cheesed Puffs is the name of the company. Cheese Puffs is the. I'm sorry, I forgot that that was our vendor. Yeah, right. Running, sprinting through the Serengeti, destination unknown. A coat of spots does not define me. I see shadows of riboflavin and yellow six dancing on tongues of orphans. Who will never taste cheddar. Gray skies in Cleveland with a few sunbreaks throughout the day and a 40% chance of rain over the weekend. I am hot. I am hot. The heat and then beads of thirsty sweat. Drowning, forever drowning. Until at last, Gougier Gagné, you cannot resist the puffs. 
You can't. What's that? Gougere Garnier? Is that the cheese? I I, I don't know. I is don't that speak the name French. Of the cheese maker. <laughs> I've never heard a commercial with a weather forecast in it either. I don't know. I know what I want to do is I want to rub these cheese puffs on me because it almost sounded it sounded like it was a perfect. Do they come commercial. in the big bucket container of the cheese puffs? You see, Only they... if you get them at Costco, really? but like yeah. the really high end Costco. But are, are these, these, these are like high-end <laughs> exclusive cheese puffs, so they come in the smallest bag possible. Well, they're $1,000 right? yeah. a bag. Hand-massaged yeah. cows. Right. Do you know how hard it is to hand-massage a cow? <laughs> I, I'm I mean, wondering because I've never people, done it. People don't, don't even, people don't even hand-milk cows anymore. I know. Lazy people. I did watch a, uh, um, a guy massage a horse on YouTube this week. Oh, yeah, and then uh, now we have that hand-massaged glue. Mm-hmm. Have you tried the hand-massaged glue? Oh, it is so sticky. It's sticky! Totally sticky. <laughs> Some good glue, though. Good glue. By the way, uh, not to be confused with Gorilla Glue. Right. Which is not to have any confusion with Harambe. And is not made out of <laughs> Oh, boy. That's Horrible. Horrible. All right, my friends, let's take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking about social media and your social graces. Should we just give up taking care and being socially, you know, effective and healthy with others? Should we just give all that up now that we've got social media? Just say whatever we think. Stick with us. Communication expert will be joining us to walk us through the do's and don'ts when it comes to social media. Stick with us. We are in the midst of the biggest shift in communication since the telephone was invented. The evidence is everywhere. Social media, text messaging, Snapchat, Instagram, video calls. From the workplace to family, friends, couples, politicians, and educators, the way we talk and interact has and will continue to change. It looks like exponentially. So now more than ever before, we need to examine how we communicate, learn how to listen more effectively, think critically about what we're seeing, and understand the effect of communication has across all platforms in different situations. So who better to help us with this than Leslie Shore? She's a communication expert and author. She's here this morning to help us uh, learn more about uh, how to communicate in the digital age. Leslie, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure, Matt. This is, this is uh, I mean, a super important topic, I believe. Is social media changing the way we need to think about communication going forward? Well, it is because we literally have a generation Y, i.e. the millennials, and generation X, the ones that just came behind, that have never known a world that hasn't had social media. And so this is a huge part of their life. And what they are doing is affecting Gen X and boomers and the social graces or lack thereof and what that is causing in terms of communication and sometimes even conflict. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I've been in, and we've talked about it on the show before, when you walk into a restroom and you hear somebody talking on the phone in the restroom. I mean, social graces are gone. So (laughs) give us some examples of where we're losing our sense of social grace 
because of these new fangled inventions? Well, I think there, there's one really good example, and that is family gatherings. Whether you've gone out for dinner with the family and all four or five people have their noses down in their smartphone, or it's uh, we just went through a, a uh, spate of holidays, and every time the cell, the cell phone goes off or dings, the phone comes out, and it's like everybody else's chopped liver, and yeah. they go to the phone. And that is something that diminishes the people who you are with. And it tells them you're not as important as what is happening in this in this uh, cell phone contraption. Mm. And it, because these these contraptions also, they don't just they're not just being led by us. They also tend to lead us. It looks like they, you know, they buzz, they vibrate. They're con they're constantly going off. Um, and and so yeah, we're, we I guess we are constantly communicating the priority of others in our lives. Yes, it's, it's to be honest with you, Matt. It's like uh, B.F. Skinner's behavioral conditioning. Yeah, oh yeah. That thing beeps, and you go for it. <laughs> right. It it it's it's really a sad commentary on where is our discipline in terms of being able to maintain. A relationship that is right in front of us. Mm, it's so true. And another idea you bring up um, in one of your articles, Does Social Media Spell the End of Social Graces, is that we ought to be careful not to be responding to a post or to even a text, I'm assuming, or making comments out of emotions. We This is where we really probably need to control our emotional responses instead of just winging it. Well, you brought up earlier, Matt, uh, the concept of critical thinking and what seems to happen when we are looking at a post or a tweet comes in or a text comes in. The, the thought process is, I must immediately respond. And the reality is what we have to do is take time, reflect, critically think, and decide how it is we're going to respond or if we're going to respond, mm. many times it is best to leave the ember where it is and not fan it into a flame. Mm. And, I mean, it's interesting. when I Because a lot of my responses are for my business. They're for my show. And so I'm always thinking of it kind of as a business person with an image that I'm trying to maintain, at least do everything I can to maintain. But that's different than maybe others think about it just as themselves, as how they think. But I am slower to respond. I'm I'm more likely to think through what my purpose, my goal is, and to be creative. Do do we need to, as as just the average Joe, need to start thinking about this in a bigger picture? What's the long term play of me responding this way? Well, you're absolutely absolutely right, Matt, and I think they need to take a page out of your book, because the Internet has, relatively speaking, an infallible memory. And anything you put out there can be reposted, retweeted. And so it lives beyond that nanosecond when you make the mistake of hitting post before thinking. So, yes, thinking about how is this going to show to other people 
who don't know me well or maybe who don't know me well, what is this going to do to my reputation? Will this be a positive or a negative? I think if people go through those questions before they hit the dreaded post or reply, they will be much better off. Mm. Does I mean we we know that there's the potential for good with social media, just staying connected to people, um, being able to communicate, stay up on their lives. But there's also the negative side. What are some things we should worry about? Uh, what are some of the negative impacts that social media and, and using this technology inappropriately would have? Well, I think there are a couple of things. One is we know that as human beings, the most important thing is relationships. And I always laugh at the fact that my nephew put out on Facebook the fact that he got engaged. And he's my brother's son. It's kind of like, wait a second, don't I deserve right. <laughs> to hear that before millions of other people? Yeah. And that's that thing about really be careful about what it is that you are doing and make sure that family and close friends are getting the personal touch that really we need to keep relationships strong. And that's, that's a tough one for these uh, up-and-coming generations because they've had social media for so long. Mm. And then the second thing, Matt, is please keep your conversations that should be personal, personal. <laughs> we don't need to see that you've broken up over Facebook. We don't need that tweet that that uh, tells us that... that um, um, You've, you've done something that no one else has ever done before, and we really don't need to know that. And the other thing is no one likes a Bragasaurus. It's kind of like the people who are what they call bores that constantly talk about themselves and, and that type of thing. Well, now with social media, all they do is Snapchat and tweet and post every 10 minutes, mm. and it's so much white noise that we end up having to unfollow them or unfriend them because we don't need to know what their life is every 10 minutes. So true. So true. And it's I had a I had a one of my people post that they're divorced and it was it was huge. Their post was enormous. And um, I thought. Wow, uh, I wonder what their kids think, right? I mean, even if it's a relief for you to be divorced and you maybe didn't even know that it would be this this big. I mean, I think what they did is they just changed their status on Facebook and Facebook made it a big deal. But all of a sudden I'm wondering, boy, what about the other people involved? What about the, what about the friends that loved both of them? What about the the kids that were involved? So – I guess yeah. we need to we need to really think about how our how our usage of media is is impacting humans, the ones we care about. And I think you make a really great point, Matt. That there is a ripple effect, and that when you do post something like you, you just talked about, you are impacting so many people, and you are not even there to see what that impact is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I so remember 
when my parents sat us three kids down and said that my aunt was getting a divorce from her husband. And it was so important that they were there to see our reactions and be able to answer questions and all that kind of stuff. And when you use social media, which means you're telling society all at the same time, you are not um, really giving yourself a chance to handle the human relationship side of things that can really change irreparably yeah. because of the way something is communicated. Wow. I mean, I think you're so right, and it's which is why I guess you you probably need to prioritize your followers, right, and your Facebook friends and all of these people, and really have maybe your inner circle, and be thinking: is this is this something my inner circle needs to know about? Is this something I need to maybe use another form of communication, like face to face? Heaven forbid that we go back to those old days. <laughs> And actually just share it face-to-face. It, I mean, it, it people's feelings can be hurt. And, and, and it, they will be hurt. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Right. And I, I think you're right. I call them rings. It, with myself in the middle, there's an A ring, a B ring, and a C ring. And the people in my A ring will hear from me either um, face-to-face or on the phone so at least I can hear what their reaction is and be able to hear uh, any questions or concerns or that type of thing. Yeah. And I have to tell you, Matt, even though I'm into social media, the amount of quote-unquote friends that I have is smaller than you might imagine because I don't friend people that I don't know. Hmm. And it's something that I do to protect not only myself, but my other friends who visit me on Facebook. Yeah, you, you want it. You're, you're trying to protect everyone. And also, I guess, keep the conversation rich, right? Keep it, keep it real. <laughs> rich, real. Um, I, I, I really feel that social media done well makes us all more knowledgeable, knowledgeable and educated when it's done poorly, we get caught up in the things in life that simply just aren't important, like which dessert did I have at this point? <laughs> right. You've got to try this dessert. Um, yes. Let's do this, Leslie. Let's take a break. Come back. I'd love you to walk us through some guidelines, too, on fake news, because one of the things when I, I guess it when it digresses and regresses and our communication isn't to the level it needs to be. Then other things start to, to you know, peak out and create problems. Fake news is one example of it. We'll continue the discussion, folks. More with Leslie Shore. You can go to her website, listentosucceed.com. Listentosucceed.com and find out more about Leslie as an author, speaker, and a professor. Stick with us. This is The Matt Townsend Show, helping you be the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking with Leslie Shore. 
She is um, the uh, the author of the book, Listen to Succeed, How to Identify and Overcome Barriers to Effective Listening. And is currently, uh, her book is used in four universities and in businesses, nonprofits throughout the United States and in Canada. You can go to her website, listentosucceed.com as well, to gather more information. And uh, we appreciate you, Leslie. Thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Matt. Talk to us about, um, with technology and with the use of more social media, we see this whole new topic, which we hadn't been talking about except for in the last few months, of fake news. How do we make sure we don't, you know, bite on news and and spread news that's not real, that's fake? Well, it becomes more and more difficult because of the technology. And with Americans now actually getting, about half of them, getting their news um, from Facebook, it, um, it, it begs the question, who's vetting the news that's, that people are posting on, on Facebook? So the first thing, consider the source. Is it reputable? Or is it uh, a source that the URL kind of looks fishy? For example, let's say there's a BYU.com website. If there's now a byu.com.co website, the one that has the CO is probably not legitimate. They're just trying to uh, come off of a legitimate website, and they feel that they can um, uh, pull one over on on us and put out all kinds of illegitimate news. Hmm. And you gotta you gotta look for the site, right? But and then. Does the site, does the content jive with what you would expect from the site? I mean, this is just be, be, be present. Read what you're really reading. Look at your sources. Identify, does this really, is this real? Right, and I think you make a great point. Is this what you would expect from this type of website? And also, uh, if you think about it, if, if abcnews.com has a particular story, and you go over to NBC, and they have it, and CNBC, and they have it, well, you're probably in pretty good shape. But if you go to abcnews.com.co, and they have a story, and you check those other two regular sites, and they don't, you really have to put your thinking cap on and say, uh, is this real or is it Memorex? <laughs> Is um, because in the end, fake news it serves a purpose, and if we don't spread the news that's fake, then it it doesn't have as big of an impact. So I guess too, be careful to be careful of what you do share. And I think you're making a great point because people will say, "Well, they used to say I read, and it, it was easy to debunk if it was in." the National Enquirer at that point, because that was known to be a, a paper that was not, shall we say, of the highest standards. Right. But we don't have that uh, with the Internet.coms um, proliferating the way they are and blogs coming off as uh, real news, which they're not. So when we share, we actually have to take a look and say, am I sharing something that I know to be true, or am I sending something on 
that may cause more issues because it's not true. Hmm. What what else can we use or do to, to to distinguish between real news and fake news? Well, first of all, is there an author? Um, and if there isn't one, be very, very wary. Most people who are writers that are uh, legitimate want their uh, name associated with an article. If there is an author, do not click on their name. Go into Google and, and find out that way. Search their name that way to see if they are legitimate. Because if you click on their, their name, it's going to send you where they want you to go. By, so by searching it, you're, really, you're going to see if they're legit because do the search engines pick them up? Exactly, because when you search, you can pick up a whole bunch more, not just who they are, but who they've written for mm. and, and what they're all about. And that can be a, literally a dead giveaway as to whether or not uh, they're legitimate or not. That's great and advice. Sometimes we have authors who appropriate old articles, old news, old surveys, where um, it's actually really old news, but they're bringing it up as if it's new again. Hmm. So check one or two of the facts. And then see if the, see how old the story is. I mean, if it's an old right. story, then... <laughs> if it's from 2006, eh, I'm not sure it's really viable. <laughs> That's really good. And then check and balance. Make sure it's it's balanced with opinion and, and that it's... State, I mean, determine if it's well, a fact it, or an opinion. Right. So one of the things is that when people are purporting to give you news... News is, is supposedly fact, but if, if they're saying, here's the news, and they give you 80% of opinion words, like believe, should, feel, think, those type of words, that really isn't news. If they're saying stated, proved, documented, verified, so-and-so specifically mentioned XXX, then you are dealing with news and not opinion. And I think it's an important distinction that everybody should get used to making and figure out what's the proportion of the word choice in terms of opinion versus fact. Hmm. What, what else can we do? Let's say we go through this criteria and we, we figure out that it's fake news. Is there anything I should do other than just not forwarding it? I mean, should I... Go make a comment in the comment section. Should I? Is there anything else I could do that would, you know, make me a, a good member of the community, a good participant in an online community? Well, first of all, I think uh, that's a wonderful question. And one thing that I would do is I don't know whether they would bother to actually read your comment, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with your saying. Um, hey guys, <laughs> this is definitely um, uh, opinion. It's not news, and I I think this is not um, an appropriate way of handling whatever subject they're talking about. And then there's another thing that you can do. There is a um, uh, a website called Open Sources, and what they do is they pull together 
all of the websites that are either fake news, extreme bias, rumor mills, junk science, that kind of thing, and, and they have almost a thousand websites listed where people can go to and say, huh, I just read this here. I wonder if open source considers this a, a, a source that is not on the up and up. So you can always send something to opensources.com and um, other people will benefit by the fact that you are giving them that information. Mm, that's great advice. What would you say, just as we wrap up, What's the one thing that we all can be doing more of and do better when it comes to our social media so that we it doesn't – so that social grace and social etiquette and goodness isn't lost through social media? I think we have to remember that social graces requires an understanding that relationships are first and foremost – is what you're doing going to hurt someone, make someone think poorly of you, or are you going to come off as rude? Think through what you're doing. Use your critical thinking and actually say, is this how I would like to receive this information, or is this how I would like to be treated? I think if we put those two questions in the front of our mind when dealing with social media, we'll do fine. Great advice. Leslie, thank you so much. Boy, to take the advice of others, instead of just sending out the information, think about yourself in their shoes. Is this information we're sending or receiving? Is it the quality that really represents you? That, uh, that you'd want out there. Leslie Shore is her name. Go check out her website, listen to succeed.com. Great tools and information there to help us all be a lot uh, healthier on social media. We will take a break. When we come back, Caitlin Thomas will be joining us. Things that all humans do that we just can't stand. Stick with us. That's up next. Welcome back, friends. The music, Star Battles. Does that get under your skin? From Don Williams. Mm-hmm. No relation to John Williams. Yeah, I don't like this song, and you play it all the time. You're a big fan of Don Williams. Also He's a big underrated. fan of Don Ho. He's big in Israel. <laughs> okay. Don Williams. I don't know about Don Ho. I didn't know you'd been to Israel. I didn't say I have. Okay. Okay. So have you ever thought about those really annoying things that you do that you wish you didn't do, but you continue to do them anyways? It drives me crazy. Well, who better to help us walk through this than Caitlin Thomas? She's here right now to talk about some of the things this morning that, uh, you know, they make us laugh, but really they drive us crazy. Yeah, I was making myself laugh as I was writing this yesterday. Why? What was going on? Because, well, I didn't get all of these for myself. Some of them I thought of myself, but some of them also came from BuzzFeed. Okay. And so, which that website, 
it's 50-50 for me. 50% of the time they have really awesome stuff, and the other time I'm like, eh, hey, this me. is mediocre. Hey. But this one was really funny. And what? So I knew we had to talk so about it. So these are things that we... We all do, but we get so annoyed at other people when they do it, so, but then we continue to do it too. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. Let's, so this will be fun. the first one is the cup walk of shame. What when you, you leave like five cups in one room, and then finally one day you're like, "Wow, I really got to take all these cups to the kitchen." <laughs> yeah, and then you, yeah, you've gathered them all up. You've gathered them, and you've got like f- you're yeah. trying to hold like six cups in one. Yeah, in that your is arms pretty and Put them in the sink. But you hate it when other people do that, and we hate when we do that, but we still do it anyway. And yet, in the movie Signs, if they hadn't done that, <gasps> they may not dead. have been able to beat the aliens. True. So there is that. Wow. Here's another one. When you you we hate it when we our phones are out and somebody next to you like looks over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. But have you ever caught yourself doing that to someone? Oh, every day. That's how like, I steal passwords. And then you're like, I hate myself for doing this. <laughs> I'm such a loser, but uh, or, I can't stop looking. Or when you've told the, oh yeah, I'll be right there. Lie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm on my way. I'm almost there. As you're you watching Netflix in yet. the yes. bathroom, <laughs> in the tub. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, when you complain about being tired every day, but then you stay up till two in the morning yes. watching Netflix or doing something. That doesn't go over too well with my pregnant wife. Uh, I don't, I'm not allowed to be tired. Yeah, or uh, complain, yeah. Right, well, what it's have like you we got complain, complain, but we're about. the ones keeping ourselves up. Oh, what about when you, you're in a, like a chair that, and you're rocking in a chair? And you're like, oh, this is great, but I know this is trouble. And then you rock too far and your whole life flashes before your eyes because oh, you think yeah. you're going to fall. <laughs> your legs straighten out like, what? <laughs> and then five minutes later, you're rocking the chair again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not funny. Like you didn't learn. Oh, my favorite. Or what? have you ever done that? Yeah, I'm thinking about this really hard to a salesperson who's trying to sell you something that you know you don't want. Why did you grab your chin when you were thinking? Not like I'm, Matt just mm. talked about this the other day. He doesn't like eating samples at Costco because he doesn't want to mislead the salespeople. Yeah, I feel bad for him. It's who so get no commission, by the way. Yeah. So you don't have – they well, don't know, take it personally. You don't have any incentive. You can just eat it. You're, you're wearing a hairnet and you're, you've lost all respect. And then I don't want you to think. See, Matt hates it when people do that. So. I'm not gonna. I'm not buying your goods. <laughs> it's my not kids theirs. Can, if my kids want to get me a sample and bring it to me, like a an oh, aisle or two. Oh, you cheater! Away, you're like my mom. Matt, they get paid either way. They get yeah. It's not about the pay. It's about. It's about he doesn't want to do stuff that he hates that when other people do it. Yeah. Look at him trying hard. Mm-hmm. What about uh? When you're trying to get conditioner out of the bottle and you know that you only need to squeeze it a little bit, but you squeeze it way too hard and you get way more than a dime-sized amount of conditioner on your Don't hand. you love it, though, when you then get to create a vacuum with the bottle and, and then suck it back put in? Put it back in the bottle That's and it just favorite. doesn't – Yeah, we just – I hate it when we do that. I love that. Or uh, this is me. This is classic me. This one I wrote. You know, in normal life, I wear like the same five or six shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's more like one you or know, two. And then – it's time to go on vacation and you're packing. And you're like, I need 32 yeah. T-shirts. I always overpack. And you're like, I don't wear these in real life. I don't know why I need them for this trip. But, but. This last trip I underpacked and I wish I had more of my shirts. So now from uh, now on, I'm going to have 20 shirts. Oh, you know what else I really hate that I do? What? When I wake up one minute before my alarm. That's the worst. We hate, we hate it when we do it, but for some reason our bodies do it anyway. Why do, why do you hate that? Uh, I don't consider it a good night's sleep unless I've woken up in the middle of the night, looked at the clock, realized I still have four hours left. That's a nice feeling. That's a great but feeling. But today mine was like two minutes before my alarm and I was like. Oh, 
Yeah. Hate that. Or I what about that? Waking up. This might be more of a millennial thing or like a single people thing, so mm-hmm. a me thing. But when your friends are like, hey, let's go do something, and you're like, mm, sorry, can't go out tonight. I have a ton of homework. And then you open your laptop and you take weird quizzes about what kind of pizza you are. Yeah. And Which Harry Potter out. character you are. Yeah. And then you waste like four or five hours taking these dumb things, and you're like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. When you, once you're married, that'll never happen. I Here's right. this one's for you. I wrote this one. What? When I hate it when I mock my own parents for not understanding how to use technology, and then I go to cook something and, and I have you, to Google how to cook an egg because I don't know how to do yeah. it. And but your mom. I by the way, I met your mom and dad. Yeah, great people. And your mom knows how to cook. She's a great cook. She's a great woman. Mm-hmm. Your dad's a great guy. He gets up and scrapes your car. He does. He loves you. He's a nice man. Did you figure out who your Valentine is? No. Do you want to talk about it on the air? No. For That's another thing we hate, not being able to figure oh out gosh. the identity of our secret I don't, admirers. I hate it, but I mean I, I understand what – because I've done it when I've like left an, a nice note for someone and not signed it because I'm like, oh, I just want them to feel good. So I, I do that all the time. Yeah. But I hate it when people do it to me. I, I hate, hate it, it when I leave a rose on somebody's car and never get credit for it. You were in Vegas, so don't even go I hate it when me. my people leave roses on oh, my people's people. cars. Well, here's my last one. Okay, let's hear it. Have you ever received a text and you've written LOL or ha ha ha, but you have a completely serious face? No. Yeah, I've done that before. And do I you do that? I do that. It's one of those things that I hate that I do, but I do it anyway. See, my generation, I'm not still, I'm not doing LOLs. Yet. Oh, man. There you have it. Beautiful job. You nailed it. As I made myself laugh writing this. I hope you laughed because I made myself we laugh did. really hard yesterday. Caitlin, you're the best. Thank you. Keep it up. Even though you just wear one shirt. It's a good shirt. It's a great shirt. (sighs) It's a big sweatshirt that's two, three sizes too big. But but it looks comfy. It is. And if you are the one that left the rose on her car windshield for Valentine's Day, give us a call. (laughs) 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'd like to know. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll take a break. Thanks, Caitlin. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hour number three of the program today. Uh, we will be getting into, this hour, we'll be getting into uh, brains. Are they male? Are they female? Or do we all just have the same brain? You know, you've heard of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. How about our brains? Are they that different? It's really an interesting subject because you would think you'd be able to just plop your brain out on a table and then say, ah, yeah, there's a male brain right there. Or there's a female brain. Many would say, you know, one might be bigger than the other. Maybe different parts of the brain are bigger. We'll get into it. Be talking with a a true blue brain expert. Up next, then you can go back and end the fight with your spouse and say, see, my brain is bigger. This guest has a blue brain? No. Hmm. He's a true blue expert. Oh, gotcha. In brains. So 
Stick with us on that subject. Also, of course, we will be um, meeting with our good buddies from BYU Sports Nation, talking with them, find out what's coming up on their show at the top of the hour. We will be doing a hero of the day, of course, plus some empty news, Matt Townsend news. Empty, not, you know. Substance-wise? Not substance-wise. Full of substance. Some pretty crazy stories. There's uh, usually a lack of depth in the story, though. What do you mean? It's just it doesn't seem like it goes shallow. It's kind of a shallow story. Yeah. How, how about girth? Tons of girth. Mm. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of depth, but tons of girth. And empty. Empty news. Matt Townsend. Wonderful. Now we got that straight. All that's ahead, folks. But first to the headlines with Terry South. Terry, what's going on around the rest of the country? President Trump has asked a New York billionaire to conduct a review of U.S. intelligence agencies. The New York Times reports Trump's ally, Stephen A. Feinberg, who co-founded Serbia's Capital Management, would lead the review. But members of the intelligence community have reportedly expressed concern that such a probe would be counterproductive and eventually diminish information that contradicts Trump's worldview. Trump has blamed press reports on a leak-heavy intelligence community. Feinberg, who has close ties to controversial White House strategist Steve Bannon, has told his company shareholders that he will likely be joining the Trump administration, but the White House has not announced a a decision yet. So it sounds like there's a leak there. And the Times reports Feinberg's potential review could be a method of grooming him to take on a position in one of those agencies. So is that the solution? If there's no. a problem, find a billionaire? No. Go find an ex-military intelligence general. No. He's got a billionaire. He runs a management company. Unbelievable. Find somebody that's uh, that they love. Ah. Go find Petraeus. No. Bring you're not, Petraeus You're in. not going to find the people who are leaking with someone they like. That Jeez sounded weird. Let's see how that works. Amid controversy surrounding the rollout of his anti-refugee executive order, the resignation of National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and his Labor Secretary picks likely withdrawal, President Trump will spend the weekend doing what he seemingly loved best during the campaigns, holding a rally. The president announced on Wednesday, on Saturday, February 18th, Trump will appear at a ticketed rally at the Orlando International Airport. Because... He's still running for office, apparently. And um, let's see. Next, he, te- you need to tell him he's president. He's president. He no needs more to rallies. Know. We don't need a rally. Okay. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed an amicus brief on Wednesday, making Texas the first and only state to show support for President Trump's immigration ban. The brief filed with the U.S. Court, uh, US Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit argues that the order, which bans U.S. entry to the U.S. from citizens from seven predominantly Muslim countries, is lawful. Washington and Minnesota, among others, have argued that the ban harms business. And finally, if you're feeling stressed out, Matt, do you feel stressed? No, feel now, great. What you said is you went to Vegas and you just sort of checked out from everything with the news yeah. and everything felt right. felt new. Yeah. It felt refreshed. You mm-hmm. come back and Vegas, by the way, is it. not a great place. If you don't gamble, smoke, right. drink, or party. Yeah. Not that's, a great place. That's where I was like, well, you know, you had your speech there, but then it's like, is that really yeah. the best place or to Or come out before noon. Right. Yeah. True. A lot of people hang out late and sleep in. <laughs> Most of the day. So the American Psychological Association has found that Americans are experiencing the highest levels of stress that they've had in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. This according to the Washington Post. Yes. And it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. In total, 66% of Americans are worried about the future of the country with 76% of Democrats re- uh, reporting they, they're stressed and 59% of Republicans reporting the same. 
Sixty-six percent. Sixty oh, seventy-six Democrats, fifty-nine Republicans, sixty-six of the country. Sixty-six wow. percent of Americans are worried for the future of the country. Even so, that means even four percent of the really strong pro-Trumpers, they're even worried. It's fake news. A little concerned. <laughs> okay, yeah. So people are stressed out. I think that's what I felt. It was I'm just tired of the news. And it's, I was just reading the mindfulness craze. Yeah, yeah. We've had multiple people oh, yeah. on, and uh, people who aren't even talking about mindfulness talking about oh, mindfulness. Yeah. People that don't even believe in mindfulness right. are now like I think apparently I need to it's meditate. a it's a three point seven trillion dollar industry now. Really, mindfulness. I like it. And this might be a contributing factor. Um. Mm. Whoa, what was that? What was that? Mm. That sounded good. Um, okay, so today, again, talking brains. We'll get there in a minute. We also got to get to some headlines. Mm. Check this out. Um, if you were going to be pulled over on any vehicle that would just be funny, what's the funniest vehicle you could be driving and get pulled over because it's just antithetical to speeding. A steamroller. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now that would be funny. Yeah. A couch. We the other day we did yeah. a story about two guys that went through the drive-through on a couch. Were they in towed fraternity? By, they were being towed by an ATV. Oh, that makes sense. But they had helmets on. Okay. Yeah. Always couch and safely. They, they ended up on a frozen lake. That's oh. one of those stories. Yeah, it's one of those. No, how about a Canadian Zamboni? Police hmm. pulled over in British Columbia a farmer who was driving a Zamboni Monday night. The Canadian-Italian community is huge there. Oh, huge. And the hockey rink yeah. cleaners, also big. Uh, they foiled an attempt to clear the road in front of a house. The guy was reportedly driving a Zamboni, doing a bad job on the road, hmm. moving snow, but leaving behind a patch of really nice, clean ice. Right. Hence the Zamboni, right? Yeah. The farmer was escorted back to his farm where he keeps the Zamboni. No charges were uh, laid in or were put. I don't know what that means. But yeah. no, It's it, Canadian. He don't worry about it. No charges were laid in. So is he an ice farmer? No. He's hmm. probably just a regular farmer, but just happened to have a Zamboni. And Zambonis might be good at pushing snow. But not so great because they also lay down a, a sheet of ice after. They clean the sheet of ice. So got to watch out for those Canadians and their Zambonis. Police in Houston, a, a Houston woman shoots a boyfriend in a fight over a cold taco. Mm. Now, I've told Jeff. There's standards here. Always heat the tacos. Remember? How many times have I told you that? Sometimes I overheat the tacos. I Don't and overheat then the taco. I get a backhand to the <laughs> face. Weak. Police say a shooting in North Houston began when a woman got a taco that was just not hot enough. Investigators say a man and his girlfriend were at a taco truck just before 2 a.m. By the way, nothing good happens after midnight. Apparently, people only eat tacos at 2 a.m. Yeah. The woman reportedly became irate when a taco truck worker denied her request to reheat the taco. She said it was cold. He's like, you know, we don't reheat. You know, we're not like those other trucks. We barely heat them initially. If you make one exception, then everybody wants their tacos reheated, so you can't do that. Then her boyfriends are like, hey, babe, calm down, calm down. And then she allegedly pulled out a gun. Whoa. Her boyfriend was eventually shot at one point in this little altercation. It's not clear if she intentionally shot him or if the gun fired accidentally. 
You know, or maybe it jammed because she had a taco in her hand. Do guns fire accidentally? Oh, yeah. Well, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Or people shoot people. Sure. So, yeah, I'm sure. She probably pulled a trigger. She pulled that trigger thing. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I don't know. I don't know if guns just went off. Maybe she thought there was like an alternate setting on the gun. Mm. Like, this won't shoot you, but this will like phase you. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Hmm. Just put you in a nice. She probably thought it was a taser. Yeah. She you know. set her thirty-eight to stun. Stun. Uh, what do you do? Uh, she set her phaser to, to stun. Police said the victim is expected to survive, though. Oh, good. And let's just be real: taco's still cold. Right. So the problem hasn't didn't been even fixed. So, didn't solve the problem. So there we go. I mean, so what good? What good is a taco truck? So if they're this, not going to heat up the taco in this whole situation, if it's the Trump White House, we'd focus on the cold tacos, not the shooting. <laughs> right. Okay. I think they're going to name a taco after this guy that got shot at the restaurant. Really? The cold taco. The cold taco. Not a not a big seller. No. I can already tell it's not going to that won't be a big. Unless hit. it's like an ice cream product. Now that? Yeah. Then it would be okay. The cho- like the Choco taco? Right, right. Ooh, I'll have a Choco taco. But that's probably trademark, so he'd have to come up with a different name. Yeah. Make it extra cold. Yeah. I'll have the shotgun taco, please. Make it cold. Police accused uh, TV thieves that, that crashed into each other running from the cops. Listen to this. Police in North Carolina arrested two men. They shot, they say, shot up the front of a rent-a-center just to steal a television before crashing into each other in the store's parking lot. So they shoot it up. They steal the television, according to police departments. At 2 a.m., it all happened in uh, last Wednesday morning. Shots were fired at the, into the rent-a-center. rent-a-center. When officers arrived, they saw the two men trying to load a TV into a car. Then the two men then jumped into separate vehicles and crashed into one another in a parking lot. Hmm. There's some audio from the crash. Wow. There's a chain reaction happening, apparently. It was a bad accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following the collision, police say both men drove away. That didn't sound like an accident they could drive away from. But haven't you seen movies? In movies, cars can withstand the greatest amount of destruction. And right. you just drive off into the sunset. Now, this is uh, now I know where your audio came from. Because when they drove away, apparently both of them were also then involved in separate incidents, separate accidents. Yes. So they not only crashed into each other, later they, all, they crashed into other people. They're not very good drivers. Yeah, maybe experienced drivers. Maybe they just need to not drive. The, it's the multitasking. They so, can't rob. T, they can't no. rip off TVs and drive at the same time. Hmm. You, you got to choose, right? If you're not a good multitasker, make or, sure you hire an accomplice. Or is that it the, is. the stress from running from the cops? Maybe sixty-six percent of Americans are stressed. That's true. Maybe that's maybe they're part of that. These maybe are. I just, think these are all just signs that people are stressed out. Yeah. I mean, the whole taco problem. She wasn't having cold tacos. Right. This person was stressed because they weren't able to see but, Spicer's latest uh, press, press hearing. Conference, yeah. Yeah. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. One thirty Eastern today, by the way. I love I watch it every day. It's wonderful. I really do. It's must-see TV. They're getting like 4.3 million people watch that. Yeah. It's beating some of the, the uh, weekday afternoon soap operas. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. To me, it's like watching Saturday Night Live, but every day. They should just call it the spicy secretary. 
Should they add a laugh track? Would that really kind of liven it up? Yeah. <laughs> it really would. Yeah. I mean, let's let's propose. That. He would have to work in punchlines. He wouldn't. He would just really no punchlines. He could just, just do it. it, and then you just throw in a little laugh track. <laughs> it makes everything funnier. Who would control the laughter? Would it be the media? Would it be the someone from the White House? Donald. Donald. He's from his office. He just hit. Donald's the... watching every one of these. The problem is there's multiple red buttons in his office. If he yeah. hits the wrong red button, let's be real. <laughs> That's what he does. He, he has, you don't want to like crank call Moscow. So like after every time the press asks a question, they just boo. Okay. Mr. President, do you want to talk about Russia and did you have dealings with Russia prior to being oh. – oh. Hmm. See? And then when Spicy's like, the president knows what he's talking about. Wow. It's perfect. This could work. I think we're on to something. I think they need to drive ratings to the afternoon. Plus the cost of this is nothing. Mm. It's just spicy doing his work, right? Then you just add a little laugh track. They, just so you know, all the buttons that the, that the president can push yeah. in the Oval Office, half of them have been disconnected. And there's that one that turns the light on and off in the bathroom. That one works. Adjacent to the Oval mm-hmm. Office. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different button. I think we pushed the wrong button. I think that was the nuclear code. Yeah, that was a different one. Did he push the code? There is the lever and switch that opens a secret compartment in the desk that reveals the treasure map. Alternative facts. Yeah. I think you're, 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 you're thinking of something different. Okay. Well, I think that's not the original treasure hunt desk. Um, Okay, when we come back, we're going to be talking about brains. Are brains male or female? Is there that big of a difference in the brain that makes, you know, that leads to what we now claim are all the differences between men and women? Stick with us. A medical doctor will be joining us to walk us through our brains. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world. Since the beginning of time, men and women alike have uh, been searching after the ever-coveted superpower of mind-reading. Wouldn't it be great to know what your husband was actually thinking when he forgot your anniversary? Or what was going on in that girl's mind when she declined your valentine in high school? Sometimes men and women act so differently, it seems like our brains must be from completely different planets. And uh, But in reality, are our brains really that different at all? University of Vermont College of Medicine Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Pediatrics, Dr. Ritu, joins us today from Vermont to help us answer the questions that, uh, based on a study that he's been doing. Dr. Ritu, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Matt. It's great to be back on your show. You bet. Great to have you back. Are there any real differences between the male and female brain? Anything significantly different? Well, I'm glad we have more than a 10-second soundbite to talk about this because <laughs> it is a pretty complicated subject. And the, the bottom line is that there are probably differences biologically between the brains, on average, with lots of exceptions between men and women. 
Uh, but those differences may be a lot more subtle than people might expect. Mm. So the idea that, I mean, we just want to categorize it that, you know, the female brain is different here, the male brain is different here. But in your studies, the differences aren't always even gender related. They might be just just different by just depending who you are. That's right. And I should state that these weren't necessarily my studies, but these were some studies that I uh, have been looking at and have been writing about. Right. So talk to us. What what are some of the differences that that are there, and, um, and how should we be looking at the brain so as not to just overgeneralize? Sure. Well, I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, would expect that there have to be these fairly significant differences because behavior has to be based in the brain, and if there are differences in behavior, then we would think that they would be reflected in brain anatomy and and brain function, but this has become a a very complicated and controversial and somewhat politicized topic. Uh, The study that I had written about in my Psychology Today blog uh, was a study that took brain scans from about 1,400 adults. And uh, what they did is they looked at all these little different parts of the brains that previous research has demonstrated might be different in size between men and women. And I don't know if you want to get into the details, but, you know, like things like the right cerebellum, which is this cauliflower-shaped part in the back of your brain, or the left thalamus may be a little bit bigger in men versus women. So they they Mm. found about 16 of these different areas that have this possible difference. And they asked the question about whether or not uh, a, a person's brain tends to be more prototypically male or prototypically female. So in other words, if you're a man and you might have a right, a slightly large right cerebellum, then would you also happen to have a, a larger left thalamus? Or does it, is it all mixed up? And the bottom line was it was mixed up hmm. in that most of our brains, they called it a mosaic pattern. Yeah. So that we have parts of our brain that you know, look a little bit male-like and a little bit female-like, and most of, my, most of us are a bit of a hodgepodge rather than having sort of a stereotypical brain, male or female brain uh, across the board. So the mosaic, I kind of like that idea that it's, we are all just very individual, right? It's it's not just one gender or another. I mean, what is the fascination with trying to make it so we can distinguish the male and the female gender of the brain? Does, Does it, why is that so important to us to even make that assertion? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I think, uh, you know, all of us, we interact with other people. We're involved in relationships. We all have had moments where we say, you know, what is going on with with that other person? And uh, we're all looking for those answers, and it would be great if we could find, like, something that that really helps to explain some of those things Mm. in a a very consistent way. Are there certain traits that – I mean, I guess some of this – and we've had a – we had a – of, uh, what, are they, what do we call her? Um, somebody that was teaching classes on, you know, female uh, studies. And, and But she was talking more about we have these personality traits that we tend to attribute more to a male personality versus a female personality. And and it, it might be more more effective to call it just a trait issue than an actual physiological difference. Yeah, that's true, and that's actually where more of my own research lies, is in, is in personality development. And uh, the findings when it comes to sex differences are also more 
uh, subtle and lower in magnitude than a lot of people expect. You know, people, as you mentioned, these inter- think about these interplanetary differences. Right. But when you actually give personality or temperament instruments to kids or in adults, you will see occasional differences in magnitude for different traits. But they're they're pretty small magnitude of, of they're pretty small in magnitude, and lots of people defy the trend. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, and the other thing is that it's a moving target, and it can change depending on what age you're talking about. Uh, so, for example, on traits of uh, negative affectivity, which is a, a tendency to maybe feel uh, anxious or upset, um, you will see women, uh, adult women, tend to report slightly higher scores on that. But if you look at a group of eight-year-olds, you don't, hmm. uh, and it's much more similar. Which, well, boy, which that seems to complicate it more, right, by the fact that maybe it, it's, it's more environmental. It's more how women are care, or, or more how we raise our women. Is, is it, I mean, I guess this is why this is such a complicated study. Absolutely. And, and I would just point out, though, that just because uh, that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's environmental because there can be genetic effects that, uh, that show themselves much later in life. Mm. I mean, if you just think about something like puberty, that's, right. that's very highly under genetic control, but it kind of waits a while before that whole process starts. Well, this, and this is super important, I think, too, because we know that certain um, genders are diagnosed differently. We, and we know more men, it seems like, are diagnosed with ADHD or more boys and men. And more women are diagnosed with um, depression or anxiety, I, I believe. And so there, there are some inherent differences, it would seem like. And this might be clarifying some of that. There might. And, you know, after this study, which basically tried to argue that there were very few differences in brains between men and women. Just last week, there was another study uh, that gets to more at your point, which uh, showed evidence that autism might be related to more prototypically male brains. Hmm. It was sort of arguing against some of the previous work. They were looking at a whole different measure. They were actually looking at the thickness of the cortex, which is this little outer ribbon of of uh, neurons on, on the very outside of your brain, which can vary in thickness uh, between men and women and between one part of the brain and the other. So they, they found something different. Wow. What, what are some of the other lessons you're learning about the male and female brain as you look through these studies? Well, one of the things that I, I think I'm becoming impressed with is you know, when we talk about brain science, it seems like it's so objective, right? I mean, uh, this has got to be something that is really, you know, so you can just measure it and get to an answer. Right. Uh, but it, it, it becomes clear how quickly, A, this becomes politicized and that science is not immune from politics uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I think the other lesson for me is just um, how complicated, you know, the issue of feeling male or female really becomes. It seems like a straightforward concept, but when you try to break it down into its component parts, uh, it becomes uh, much more subtle and, and, and much more complex. Hmm. Which, again, I, I mean, I, I guess that's good. I mean, we're getting clarity that it's not like we think everything's black and white. You're Even as we think about the brain and sexuality from the brain, and I mean, it's... Um, 
this is a complicated issue, and really even the, the top researchers are feeling pressure from society, also pressure from their own studies, and the studies don't always, I guess, agree. That's right. Uh, they don't, and and one of the, I think I stepped into it a little bit because after I you know wrote this piece about this one study, you know I got some feedback from a bunch of other people saying you know this study is in question, hmm. and uh, and based on their methodology they may have come up with a very different result, and there are plenty of other studies that do indicate that there are some differences both anatomically and in terms of brain activity between men and women, but it's a very sensitive topic and people are afraid to really dive into it. Is it just because it's, you know, you don't want to be touching the third rail of sexist or, um, you know, or uh, misogynist? So is is that what everyone's afraid of? But even though it, it seems like being different can also be incredibly beneficial. Yeah, I think that is part of it. I mean, I, I, you know, sexism is certainly real, and it's certainly harmed a lot of people. And it's it's uh, it's been proven that people can certainly misuse and misinterpret science to much more nefarious purposes. And so I think people are are hesitant about uh, things that might send people on that path. But at the same time, we have to. I think let the data speak for itself and also understand what the limits are of that data. If if there are very slight differences in this one brain region, does that really mean that much? If if there are so many exceptions to the the rule, um, maybe it doesn't have to be the third rail that that some people make it out to be. Mm. So what would be um, a better way to explain this? How how do you because you see it as the as a medical doctor an MD, I mean, then you see psychologists doing it, but they're doing it in a I mean they're studying you know the differences in different ways probably almost, I guess less uh, less anatomical less maybe more even less chemical based maybe more socially created what i mean is there is there anywhere in the sciences that we we seem to be getting a handle on this yeah i'm not sure it breaks down in terms of the md phd lines because a lot of the the brain imaging research is done uh by a lot of phd's and is a lot it? of teams um but uh but yeah i mean i think more to your point uh, i think uh, uh you know and i consider myself to be Kind of an extreme moderate on a lot of issues, and uh, and this kind of science, I think, fits that view, uh, where there just is a lot of complexity, and there isn't this easy black and white binary answer that can underlie something as as fundamental as as gender. Mm-hmm. I guess too. Then maybe the mosaic approach is it's 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 brilliant. It's maybe it's a better hands down approach for all of us to be looking at any difference on Earth is kind of more of a mosaic. Yeah, and it fits, I think, what we know in personality, too, is that if you look at sort of the full profile of, a, of an individual's personality traits, uh, there may be a few that look a little bit more prototypically male and a few other traits that you possess that may be more on the fence and more on the others, and we are behaviorally uh, a bit of a mosaic as well. Yeah. How uh, do you... How do you what suggestions or ideas do you give for us to maybe 
because I'm not going to go in and, and do an fMRI on my wife. <laughs> I mean, I'd try, but she wouldn't let me. But would um, what can I do to maybe just understand her differences better? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm just waiting for like some dating service to oh. uh, start charging people for, totally. for their DNA or for some brain scan and then and then try to make some kind of a match. <laughs> totally. Uh, but hopefully we're a long way off from something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think this idea of a mosaic um, and is a really a helpful thing to be thinking about in terms of a lot of uh, relationships. And it really helps people not to be um, stuck into boxes that are, that are quite artificial. And I think, as we're understanding, not really supported by what we know from the science. And I, and I guess this goes to be even more clear. This also goes to implications regarding sexual orientation, right, or identity. It's, it's still more of a mosaic than just a binary choice. Either you like females, you like males, you are a female, you are a male. It does. It does. It. I think it does say a lot about it because um, I think what the science is telling us is that you can't, you know, if somebody is saying that I feel more aligned to one gender or not, there, there isn't some easy way to sort of say, well, objectively, based on this scan, you should be, you know, like this. Right. That, that, that benchmark just doesn't exist. And in, and in fact, you know, these studies suggest that it is much more spread out. And I, and I think that it does have implications for respecting and, and listening to, you know, what somebody says and how they feel, because it's a very complex process. And again, it, it almost seems like it's a whole body issue. I mean, because you may have the parts, but you may not have the brain you know, functioning similarly as the parts would demand. I mean, it's exactly. it's complicated. And the, the physical anatomy, which is a little bit more straightforward than the way the, the brain function and anatomy works. Yeah. Boy, I, isn't it interesting? And again, people were killed, murdered for even having feelings that were outside of the norm. And over the history of time, how many people have have been completely misunderstood and continue to be just because we're so behind still on the science. Sure. Yeah. And I would even point out that this assumption that a lot of people have that sort of a bigger part of the brain is somehow better um, is also uh, is not correct. And, and in some ways, um, you know, our brain, I'm, I'm sorry to say to some people, for most of us is getting smaller. Uh, our brain connections are getting fewer, not more. Oh, really? Um, but that, uh, that's a process that's called pruning. Uh, which actually is uh, a very healthy part of the developmental process because it's making the connections that we have more efficient. Huh. Um, so if you think of like an infant, when an infant decides that it's going to move, they move everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, they move both hands and, <laughs> and all their legs. And, you know, you can't tell uh, a six-month-old, even if they could understand, to, to just move their pinky. Yeah, just move your pinky, honey. <laughs> uh, and, and for an adult to be able to move their pinky, they really have to be able to suppress, to not have these connections um, Fire. with all of these other parts of the body. So, the, so this pruning process is really important, although... There is some evidence that it can sometimes go wrong in certain kind of neuropsychiatric conditions. Hmm. That's really – I haven't thought of that. So as as we become more uh, – I guess more finely tuned as an adult, as a human, 
we actually would have fewer synapses firing. Fewer synapses, exactly. Huh. And, and to make things even more complicated, different parts of the brain develop at different according to different time schedules. Well, which is why, yeah, because when my granddaughter's excited and wants something, she moves her hands and her feet almost in sync, and you're like, what do your feet have to do with this? That's right. Why? In adolescence, uh, you know, some of the parts of the brain, kind of the go parts of your brain, are, are tend to be developing more quickly than the stop and think about it hmm. parts of your brain. Boy, and then you add the complexity of the fact that every human being is going to have a different mosaic, that's right. And so they would they would develop differently, they would think differently, they would feel differently, and in a different order. That's right. And that's a great point, because when we people talk about differences, even brain anatomy differences, we're not talking about big amounts. We're talking about, you know, maybe 5%. It's not the kind of thing where a radiologist could, could slap a, well, now they do it on computers, but, you know, to look at a picture of a brain and say, aha, there's an extroverted person, or even, you know, aha... Uh, that's a woman. Uh, it is It is much more subtle than that. Man, interesting stuff. Well, we appreciate you, David. This is a great insight. Keep up your work there and uh, excited to have you back. Keep also writing on psychology today. Good stuff. Again, David Ritu, a, pro, a, a professor and a medical doctor at the University of Vermont's College of Medicine in the Department of Psychiatry and Pediatrics. Interesting stuff. We got to be more compassionate, I think, uh, for what's going on in the brain that we don't even understand yet. It's hard, folks. It's a hard life for many. We'll take a break, come back, stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, let's shoot it down to our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation. Find out what's coming up on their show today. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Matthew, it's good to have you back and in the fold, my friend. <sighs> so I good. I am so rested. You guys have no idea. Did you have a sleepcation? I had a sleepcation. I got a little sun. I put my... I put my right foot in a really cold pool for about 20 seconds. Okay. And then I just got in the hot tub. Random! <laughs> did he just scream out random? Does Jerem... Randomly, ran- I Does Jerem randomly scream out lots of random things? Yes, he does. He's been doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? What'd you do when I was gone? Let's see. Uh, Valentine's show? Day. Oh, what'd you guys get your wives? Oh, you do like a Valentine's Day... Dinner thing. I do you? a big date night, man. Yeah, you do a big date. I I keep right. I keep remembering. I mean, I keep forgetting to re- remind you guys that you're invited to come anytime you want to that Valentine's Day celebration. I do at another the one. Home. Uh-huh. No, it's actually it's just with a bunch of friends, like 1,100 friends. Oh, we just gather and then we celebrate Valentine's Day. But next next time, I'll make sure you're there, front row, with your wives. Front row, huh? Yeah. There's. It's really fun. We laugh. We cry. It's better Outside than cats. Outside of sports and music, I don't want to be front row. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was there Saturday night, and I was not offered a front row seat, by the way. Wow. Yeah, yeah what's up with that? Come on. Well, cold shoulder let, to Jeff, let man. Let Hefe in there. Well, you know, but Jeff, because he, he always screams, and he makes a fuss, you know. 
Well, you're used to it. Yeah. Right? I felt like I was at the Grammys. Oh. It was huge. Hey, who was the Adele performer that started yeah, who, over who again? Who stopped? In the oh, did you see that? I mean, how cool are you if you can, at the Grammys... Live. Live. And if it's not going right for you, you just stop and do it again. Yeah, stop. Curse on air. Yeah. Apologize for cursing on Sorry air. Sorry for cursing. Yeah. And then do it again. Man. You got to be big to do that. My one wish with BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> you got to someday. Someday you guys will be that big. Oh uh, no! That you'll just say I, no. I won't curse on the air. No, you won't curse. Yeah, you're not that kind of guy. There's a key word there. I just said. What would you guys? Uh, would you guys give um, your wives for Valentine's Day? Well, one, our Valentine's Day celebration isn't until tomorrow night. Because Why? Our, our local church set up like a babysitting fundraiser, uh-huh. and they said you can go out on the very busy actual Valentine's Day on Tuesday, or you can get a babysitter on Friday and go out Friday and celebrate. And so we opted to go for the Friday celebration, wow. just to avoid the crowds. I didn't feel like waiting two hours to eat, you know, <laughs> yeah. competing yeah. with everybody else to try and do something fun mm-hmm. in Utah County. I'm pretty sure that per capita. Utah County has, like, the busiest Valentine's oh. night ever. More love in Utah County per pound than in any other county. Unreal. So the celebration will happen on Friday night. Do, do, but, you, want, do you want to tell us what you're going to do? I mean, what, I, no, I'm not going to. For okay. the off chance, the .001% chance that my wife was actually listening to this, streaming this on BYU Radio. Oh, yeah. no, I thought she was a regular that. listener. Well, for BYU Sports Nation, yes, but I'm not she sure. No, 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 for the town. No, she calls in. She calls in on my – she calls oh, in. Oh, well, this is news to me then. Yeah. We talk so about then she's listening, the so I'm definitely, she listen? I'm definitely yeah. not going to say what's, what's right. going to happen. Right, right, right. Uh, but I did get her some balloons and one of her favorite plastic little insulated cups with peanut M&Ms and a card. You know, it. So I didn't overlook Valentine's Day entirely, but right. the majority of the celebration is Friday night. Did you buy her jewelry? No, I did not buy her jewelry. That sounds like something Jerem would do. Yeah, get a jewel um, CD for her. Oh, yeah, you love jewel. jewel. That, yeah, that that's cheaper. Did you get actually right. a jewel CD or just a jewel case? <laughs> yeah, just for a her case, CD. no jewelry in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just a CD case with no That's really no nice. Yeah, Boy, Jerem always taking care of the ladies. Nope, just one. Just I his, thought we got rid of that thing a long time ago. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Okay. You got the one. Um, anything yeah. Anything going on, uh, you know, anything going on with sports that we need to pay hey, attention to? T- tonight, BYU plays San Diego. So we asked, the, uh, and St. Mary's is Saturday. Okay? St. Mary's is a ranked team. To yeah. 22nd, yeah. Three lost all year. So we asked the question today, can BYU overlook San Diego? No. The context here, San Diego beat BYU by 13 in San Diego. Huh. Our w- the responses have been strong one way. We're gonna go the other way and tell you why. Yeah, we're the complete opposite of what the fans think. That's really? Oh, you're going against fans. Can they overlook San Diego? We'll answer that question coming up. Boy, this is Steve exciting. Cleveland will answer it too. Okay, okay. Coach, uh, president, Pre- president, coach Steve Cleveland. Yeah, okay. Yep. This is good. Plus, our going for two picks. We're tied up. Only, uh, you know, the. Uh, Few games left on the season in the competition. What are we going for? Winner here? will uh, winner will get another job. Or, sorry, loser will get another job. The losers oh, out. The winner losers will get out. another yeah. job. So you don't want to win. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. So, so uh, boy, I'm going to miss one of you. Yeah, it's yeah, sad day, Ren. <sighs> so you don't want to win. So okay. we're trying to pick things that won't happen. Okay, okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> you, you guys, you, you, let me just tell you, I tell so us. revere you in your show. 
Why is that? Because you're just good, and you you come up with a new poll, a new question every day. Well, we, it's fun. We, we, it's not just us that, two. And that we goes into it. Yeah, there's a huge, huge yeah, village involved. You've seen it all. I've there's like all. roughly half a dozen people. There's no. There's involved. no. There's roughly a dozen. Right. I mean, you got more than a half a dozen. Well, I mean, I've seen your. I mean, you guys have. And then I'm just. I mean, just to this the people that do your hair, your makeup, your That's waxing. That's half a dozen. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the staff that that makes up our hair and makeup department consists of two people, being the two of us. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. That's true. It's a it, that team works hard. <laughs> they work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, I I but, start every day. I look in the mirror and I say, "What are we doing today?" Yeah. But you pull off the impossible. It's been called that. Just when I walk you, when I watch you walk in, Jerem, and the hair from your back is like shooting out your shirt collar, and then I see you on TV and it's gone. That amazing, alone, right? amazing. it's amazing. Right. Yeah, like I don't even know where you put it all. It's show, show amazing. It's show amazing. Anything else on the show you're going to be talking about? Hmm. Why playing on ESPNU has been a thorn in B- Dave Rose's side. Yeah, oh, that's, awful. That's a phrase that Spencer came up. With. Awful. That's good. Really? A thorn in Dave Rose's side. ESPNU has been horrible okay, it's for nothing, BYU this it's season. It's nothing about the production. We're just saying production BYU, is good. when they've been on ESPNU for some weird reason. They, they lose. <laughs> they've struggled. We'll tell, you, we'll tell you how big of a struggle. How awful. And, yeah. and randomly, I'm going to throw out there that BYU was 12-0 on BYU TV. I'm just saying. Maybe. <laughs> Boy, okay. Maybe we need to bring it back to BYU TV. And of course, B- karma. of course, BYU's every game is on BYU Radio for hoops, men's hoops. Hmm. Doubleheader tonight, by the way, on BYU Radio. Women's yeah. hoops at 9 Eastern, men at 11 Eastern. Get in that, baby. Get into that, Pete's yeah. sake. Yeah. All right, guys, another great show. I don't, I mean, what do I do? I just sit in, in amazement and just shake my head like, how can we be like them? And then they just like, don't even try. Everyone tells me, don't even try. <laughs> They're that near perfection. That's, Don, yeah, that's, Don Shaline is sending you those emails, apparently. Don just sent me that one. Oh, there like, it is again. Don't nope. even try. I don't, yeah, I don't know that you want to be like us. <laughs> no, we man. do. I so, would aspire higher. That, I'm going to no, make you a T-shirt. That counsel from, uh, I want, from I want, your superiors is good counsel. Yeah. I want to be – if I could be anything, I want to be like you two merged into one human being. Oh, man. You Dangerous. two into one. That's that's probably a criminal. Mm-hmm. And by the way, guaranteed they'll have a hernia, right? <laughs> You'll be in prison with a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, go take care of your hernias. Okay. Peace out. Knock them dead. Have a great show. Yeah, really. So they they just boom hit it. Boom hit it. We'll take a break. So you you would like to be a hybrid of the two of them? I'd like to be the mix of them. Would you like to parts. be? Jenser or Sparum? Sparum. Sparum Jenser? Sparum Lord, Lorden. Lorden. Hmm. Sparum Lordenden. We'll take a break, folks. Come back, wrap up the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. Helping you see the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, um, we've talked about this subject all the time on the show, and I can't believe we haven't solved it yet. Firefighters in a rescue truck, they rescue a man that was trapped in a garbage truck in Tampa. 
Tampa firefighters rescued a man who became trapped inside of a garbage truck early Wednesday morning. According to the Tampa Fire Department, while making rounds this morning, the truck garbage truck driver heard the man calling for help. Sometime during the morning route, the man who was sleeping in a dumpster was deposited in the back of the truck. Can you imagine anything more terrifying than that? Um, along with the contents from the dumpster. The truck uses mechanical arms to lift the dumpster and dump it in contents into the back of the truck, so the driver doesn't even normally get out to f- hear anything. But he heard this guy screaming, so they stopped, the, I guess, the compressor, the compactor, and uh, the rescue personnel climbed in and, and got some heavy equipment, got them to the scene, and they were able to get the man out of the truck in about an hour. What a horrible way to wake up. It seems like they need to have some strainer, like a man strainer or something that – like a colander yeah. that you run the garbage through and you shake the man out. Hmm. I don't know. I mean I'm not an inventor. I can't do everything. You should be. Nah. I don't even do math. As you know, we always like to end the show with a hero story and uh, our hero story today – check this out. Foster father takes in only terminally ill children. And imagine how hard that is. So the children were going to die. Mohammed Zeke knew that. But in his more than two decades as a foster father, he took them in anyway. The sickest of the sick in Los Angeles, California, sprawling foster care system is who Mohammed Bazik brings in. He's buried about 10 children. Some died in his arms. Now Bazik spends long days and sleepless nights caring for a bedridden six-year-old foster girl with a rare brain defect. Uh, defect. She's blind and deaf. She has daily seizures. Her arms and legs are paralyzed. Bazik is a quiet, devout Libyan-born Muslim who lives in Azusa, and he just wants her to know that she's not alone in this life. I know she can't hear, she can't see, but I always talk to her, he said. I'm always holding her, playing with her, touching her. She has feelings. She has a soul. She's a human being, Bazik says. He's the only one that would take the child uh, who could possibly not uh, be be able to live. And Melissa Testerman from the Department of Children and Family Services says he's, he's an angel. Of the 35,000 children monitored by the county's Department of Children and Family Services, um, she basically says there's 600 of them who are at any given time fall under the care of medical cases and case managers. And when they get really sick, they all think they've got to take them to Bazique. 62-year-old man who uh, takes care of the souls of others. So there you go. Mohammed Bazik, you are the hero of the day on the Matt Townsend Show, offering your heart, your soul, your life to take care of those in need. That, my friend, is true heroism. And uh, we all could do much to learn from you and your beautiful, your beautiful heart. We appreciate all of you listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow. This show, you know, every day, 9 to noon Eastern time, right here on BYU Radio. Stick with us again. We'll be back tomorrow. BYU Sports Nation is up next. Until tomorrow, make it a great one. Let's look after each other. We'll talk again tomorrow.